What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of BOB. No Sins Energy, man. It's O'Neill Parker, real estate investor, entrepreneur out of Lafayette, Louisiana. Been investing in real estate since 2016, full-time entrepreneur 2020. I do all things real estate, but truly enjoy rentals and passive income. And um, I'm the proud owner of Leverage to Wealth, teaching people how to leverage what they are currently to get wealthy in real estate. And uh, if you're interested in that, make sure you uh, shoot me a message on Instagram. It's my at O'Neill J. Parker, and then we can get started. But today, man, we're talking about how we can get started correctly in the first quarter of 2024. So for me, I know for a lot of people, 2023 wasn't the best year. Um, people didn't, uh, they didn't, they didn't hit the goals that they wanted to hit. They struggled a lot. A lot of people that was entrepreneurs in 2020 to 2021, 22, a lot of people went back to work. You got to realize in the real estate industry. Um, in 2023, the interest rates went up significantly. So a lot of people that, that was full-time real estate investors, a lot of them went back to work as well. Or they picked up a side gig. They started working from home because once the interest rates goes up, a lot of people's performance goes down because a lot of people do not know how to perform with interest rates are high. A lot of people don't know how to perform by getting properties off market. So the business tends to go down. Same with real estate agents. You got to realize that a lot of people became real estate agents between 2020 and 2023 because interest rates low. If you got a license, you can make money, you know, because everybody's buying houses. We've seen rates as low as like one and a half percent, you know. On average, you know, it went from one and a half percent, maybe to three percent. So everybody was buying houses. They had um, a lot of competition with houses. I'm talking about six, seven offers, people overpay on houses. So that's why you've seen a lot of people that was entrepreneurs, especially in the real estate space, because they could do that because the market demanded that. But now in 2023, it shifted. And so a lot of people are struggling right now. So um, for me, I had a, had a lot of things going on internally in my business that uh, took me back from hitting my goals in 2023 but i think 2024 going forward i think uh pivot and transition so uh welcome to the stage my co-host byron what's going on man oh man i'm good man i'm good I'm up here. Honest, man. yeah you know yeah you know so so you know what i'm excited about on this conversation number one if you haven't already make sure that you click the uh the 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 link uh, to join the conversation, we definitely want as many people to join in on this conversation as possible. We posted the link over in uh, Clubhouse, right? And I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm going to post it here. I'm going to post that link here as well. If you want to join in on this conversation, please join in. Because it, this, this is what I call... Um, one of those soul searching type of conversations. And what do I mean with a soul searching conversations? I know for me, and I'm just speaking personally, you know, y'all know that I'm, when I'm, when I'm talking, I'm speaking from, from a personal, uh, real uh, theory. Yeah. Yeah. Zero theory, all real, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Zero theory. And, um, you know, I've, 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 I had some mistakes and some things that, that popped up this year. um, I had some things that popped up this year that I wish would have went differently. Right. Um, I had uh, a bunch of 
little failures, all, all, all learning lessons, right? Learning lessons. Um, and then I've also learned a lot of things moving into 2024 that, um, that were phenomenal as well. I got some people I'm leaving in 2023. I got some situations I'm leaving in 2023, right? Um, and not for any bad, uh, reason, not for any bad reason. It's just that I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to head into a different, different, you know, uh, uh, location in, in my different life. Season. Yeah. Different, different season. season. You know what I mean? And so you yeah. gotta be intentional about where you're spending your time, how you moving. Um, and, and, and that's, that's just where I'm at with it. Oh, so I'm excited about this conversation for those reasons. I definitely want to get into the sticky details, uh, and break down as to why, um, you know, I feel how I feel. And 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 why I'm making some of the strategic moves that I'm making in order to be a better version of me in 2024. I definitely think we should should break down each other because I think we're both moving in a different season in our life. We're moving into a different uh, changing up our business model because you got to realize we both coming from a lot of wholesaling and still creative financing. But our creative financing is getting heavier for us. Uh, I'm leaving people behind 2023. I'm going to a different destination, going to a different season, uh, moving in a different direction because my goals are different uh, moving forward in 2024. Like I was stating earlier, you know, a lot of things have changed in 2024. Later in 2023 and 2024, the interest rates are higher. They're through the roof. Like right now, I'm getting a, a mortgage at 9%, right? Uh, moving back in 2023, early 23, late 22. You know, you can get interest rates at three, four percent. It's not the same right now. Uh, we're moving more into a recession. They never announced it yet, but we are in a recession. We got to figure out foreclosures on the rise. So that means they're going to have deals everywhere. If you're not prepared to get those deals, those deals are going to pass you by. You always hear that in recessions, multimillionaires are made, but you got to be on the right side. Most people are not on the right side. <laughs> So if you prepare yourself to be on the right side, you can take advantage of the transition. You could be on the winning side. You can get properties at an even deeper discount than you did before because so many people having issues. They bought properties way overpriced in 2020, 2021. So now is the time to take advantage. You can buy a house at a deep discount, and then when the market switch again, you can have price. You can have houses with a lot of equity, which is going to increase your net worth. So I think we should definitely talk about it today, bro. Yeah, think, you know, I think it's gonna be a great conversation. It's gonna be a real conversation. It's a conversation y'all can learn from. Y'all need to take notes. Y'all need to figure out what's y'all best moves to get to that profitable Q1. You know, you mentioned something, man, about these rates. Uh, and you know, and then I mentioned earlier about being able to get into some of these properties subject to. Um, that is a strategy that everybody in here, we've talked about it. I mean, we've talked about it just endlessly in B.O.B. throughout over the years. Um, but. In general, that is a strategy that you need to familiarize yourself with. But here's the thing. Just because you're picking up a property sub two, right, does not mean that it's a good deal. OK, um, you know, I, I looked at a deal yesterday. I'm going to be. A question doing, about that. Yes. What are the indicators that are? subject to is a good deal because you know the mindset of most people think oh i can get this creative oh they're gonna give me a mortgage the mortgage at four percent 
I'm doing this deal. It makes sense. So what is what is the qualifications of a great subject to deal? Because we, at the end of the day, we don't want to lead our people in the wrong direction. Right? We want them to get amazing deals. We don't want them to, to, to say, I got a, a house on the contract subject to just because it sounds sexy. We want you to get properties on the contract that make sense for you, for your family, that make cash flow, that make sense in a worst case scenario. So if you can't break down what's the true identifiers of an amazing subject to deal so we can help our people out. Yeah, so I can tell you what I'm looking for, right? I'm gonna tell you what I'm looking for. Right now, I need my sub two deal to come with some equity. Because in my opinion, I believe that a lot of the equity that's in the market right now, just my opinion, I don't, I don't, I don't believe the equity because we haven't seen, huh? So like phantom equity, that's what you're saying. I believe we got a lot of phantom equity. I believe there's a lot of phantom equity. And um, and I think that right there is a potential problem. Um, the reason I think that that is a potential problem is because a lot of folk, a lot of folk are banking on that equity being real. Now, what happens, oh, if you didn't took over um, a property or you have a property, right, and you need to exit that property and then you find out that you thought you were going to be able to sell it at what the comp said you was going to be able to sell it at, right? But in reality, you forty thousand dollars less. You you fifty thousand dollars less. You you a hundred. Like problem. You see what I'm saying? And I believe, like a lot of people, yeah, I think the value of what people think that their properties are right now, they're not gonna be able to sell it at that price. They're not gonna be able to sell it at that price. Um, because the, the interest rates have risen so high that what people don't understand is when a buyer is looking to buy a property, buyers don't even care about the overall price of the property. You know what they care about? What they care about? The they care about does it make them feel good? Nah, the monthly payment on that joint. People look right? at, people look at the type of house that they going to buy based on can I afford the monthly payment? If you gave right. the average person a million dollar house with a 50 year mortgage, they're going to take uh, it. Yeah. If they felt like, listen, if they felt like I can make the payment, I'm taking the million dollar house. Most people are like that. They're not going to look at the amount of interest that they're going to pay on that house over 50 years. They don't care. They just like, yo, I need to be able to make the payment. Correct. Right. And Same so, with cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. So at the end of the day, the reason why I believe that 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 you know that the the in, the equity is a little phantom right now is because most people when they get that sticker price and they see, you know, because you gotta understand, bro, new construction, uh, uh, people are buying new construction and new and and those those uh builders are buying down points. They're allowing people to buy down points now. When you when you look at somebody else that's that you're buying from a regular person, they're not buying down points. None of these oh. things are taking place. So what happens is that that person's not getting a discount on that that overall mortgage. So when they see that, yo, I'm paying three times, four times more for this mortgage. Not four times more. That's a little extreme, but you get my point. When you're paying a bigger, a massive uh, a monthly payment, you just gonna cancel a house, bro. And that's what's gonna lead to a lot of people having this phantom equity. Um, 
just you know, that's just what I what I see. So I think anybody that's looking to get into creative finance, you got to have at least 30, 40, maybe even fifty thousand dollars in equity going into the deal. That's just me. So I'm happy you mentioned equity. So this is another problem that I see, right? Most people that's running their numbers looking at this equity, they're looking at properties that sold a year ago. Fact. This is not the market to run comps from a year ago. That Fact. shit doesn't make sense from last year. So you really need to be looking in the last 30 days. If you can't find in the last 30 days, you go 60, you go 90. If you can't find nothing within 90 days, then you go 120. But you want to be as close to that property as possible, as recent as possible, because the market is shifting. If you run in numbers from houses last year, if I was just talking about that's phantom. Same property that was worth 320 last year ain't worth 320 today. Not even close. What's your thoughts on that? Because I know I'm sure you see the same thing. A lot of people are running cool. comps from last year. I think it's a great deal. It's worth this is worth that. Then when you run comps, you be like, ah, yeah, it's worth like Look, forty thousand. I'm even a little bit more aggressive than that, oh, because I believe that. Here's the thing: not only a lot, a lot of the the effects of real estate are latent effects, meaning like they, you know, we like you see the effect of it later, right? So as all of the volatility is taking place in the market with the interest rates, right? P the average common person that's just looking to sell a property, they don't know this information. They're just right. finding this information out. So I believe, I believe that a lot of, a lot of people, even I, man, listen, I believe that you're, you got to be even more accurate than, 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 I mean, you got to be a little bit closer in time than even 30 days because two weeks. yeah, because I feel like, People are finding out that listen, prices are dropping. You know, we we having some some issues with these prices, and when people start looking at when they go and they talk to their mortgage, uh, uh, when they talk to they 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 mortgage loan officer and they find out what that monthly payment is going to be, a lot of people are just backing out on deals. Right. You get what I'm saying? So it's a lot of things taking place, bro. That I think, um, you know. I think it's it's just it's gonna be interesting to see how how it work out. I'm excited, man. So if you can tell us, like, what what is what is your goals for 2024 first quarter? Like, how you plan to move? What you plan on doing? Yeah. So so you know, obviously, you know, I took a lot of bets. So let me let me let me start with some of the things that I feel like um, I did not get accomplished the way I wanted to. Right. So let's start there. So. 2023, my goal was to get go heavy. I put a lot of, uh, I bet big on, I bet big on uh, build to rent, right? And build to sell, just new new development. I, I bet big on that. And what I realized in the space is that, you know, obviously things take a whole lot longer than what, you, what you're playing, especially if you're doing it right, right? Now, if you're cutting corners, you could probably, get some things done, but you know, we don't want to do that. We want to do it the right way. Right. So things took a little bit longer than what I expected. Right. Uh, also what I realized is that I want to be vertically integrated, right? I want to own more and be more vertically integrated in every aspect of build to rent and, you know, all the build to sell, whatever, just development in general. And so, in that, I said, you know what? Well, I'm going to need a construction company to be able to make this happen. And so uh, that was part of what I am doing now 
which I wish I would have started that process a little earlier because I feel like when you are entering into any sector of real estate or any business, you need to be vertically integrated if you have multiple efforts because you need fast money, right? You got to have fast money. You got to have some medium money coming in and then you got to have that long-term money. Um, All of those things kind of have to have to be happening at the same time. And so for me, I feel like now that I am into this space and I'm heavy into this space, I need to delve deeper into understanding all things building, all things building. And that's where I'm at. Um, So my plan for 2024 is to really scale up this construction side of the business uh, and also help a lot of people who are not in position where they feel like they can trust contractors. Uh, I want to be that person that they feel that they can 100% trust. Um, They can 100% trust from a contracting standpoint to build that house um, and do it right. Because that's going to be my goal is to be able to produce high quality, high quality bills um, with extreme efficiency at a very uh, uh, competitive price. Uh, And that's going to be the primary driver of revenue right? Uh, and income. And then I want to do, I want to hold on to a lot of these assets as well. So that's, that's my primary goal. And the reason why I'm transitioning to that is obvious. I want to know everything and all things bill so I can get better, cheaper product. It's just that simple. That's my, that's where I'm at. What, what was 2000? What was some of the mistakes you feel like you made? Oh, in 2023, let's start there. Let's start there. And what's, how are you going to switch that up in 2024? Uh, so, so for 2023, man, you know, we had some internal issues. So that that had everything all over the place. Um, talking about it, quarter one, 2023. Internal issues. So that all, everything was all over the place. No structure was there, man. We was taking it day by day. Shit come, we make it happen. Figure it out. So that was the biggest problem I had. And that problem was, in the construction business, real estate business. Uh, I didn't have really that much structure in my education business. So the end of the year, like right now, my focus was putting all that together. So how could I bring more structure to all these different businesses? So real estate business, started a new one, uh, got three people, four people, the team is only four people, when I say real estate business, I'm talking about acquisition side. I'm talking about wholesaling business. There's only four people, whole new company structure. It makes more sense now. Um, I don't feel like, I feel like shit can go crazy when you got 13, 14 people. I think right now you're only need that many people for the time that we're in. So now it's only four people and we're making it happen. Uh, the education business. Now I have a partner because for me, I'm an action taker. I'm not really the computer guy. I'm not really the uh, the backend guy, the systems guy. Uh, to bring somebody in that can handle all that, because I can't do that. I pull up and perform. That's it. I ain't I ain't I ain't doing none of the logistics. That's not for me. Uh, it's not the best use of my time. I'm not about to go try to read a bunch of books, watch YouTube videos to learn how to do it. I'm gonna just bring somebody in that can handle that, and I'm gonna do what I'm better at. Construction business. Um, I'm I'm fully targeting and focus on investors and I'm strictly targeting and, and, and doing things that I could be in and out. So I'm talking about roofing, of course, been on that. 
Roofing is a one-day job. I'm in and out, get paid. I'm doing foundations. Foundations in and out, I'm getting paid. Foundations maybe three days max, depending on the rain, the weather, the weather, the size of the house, etc. Three, four days, I'm out of there. Framing, depending on the size of the house, less than a week, I'm out of there. So the house, 1,500 square feet, three, four days is all it takes. Of course, once you go over 1,500, close to 2,000, it may take a little longer, depending on delays. So all those different things, even I was having issues with one of my main contracts. So now I'm rebuilding my team so we could be more efficient. Uh, we can handle bigger deals. We can do multiple projects. Because at one point, I was doing 12 projects, bro. And I'm grateful for that, but it didn't go exactly how I wanted to go. So I'm happy that happened. So now moving forward, I can figure out how to move efficiently. I can move faster. I can be more profitable. And I can make everybody happy. So that's the thing uh, I messed up on in 2023. What was some of the mistakes in, on, the two, on the 12 you had going at the same time? Well, it was cool, but it wasn't moving as efficient as it should have. Like, um, I should have had more people on more of these houses instead of having, like, two people at one house. Of course, if you got less people, it takes longer, right? So I should have had more people at, at the houses. So if I have more people at the houses, they all can progress typically on schedule. If you have less people, it's going to take longer. So that was typically the problems I had. It was just an influx all at one time. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't prepared for that, but I'm happy that happened because now I'm prepared for that. Does that make sense to me? Absolutely. And, I, and I'm the type of guy, I handle accountability. When something messed up, I let it be known. I'm not going to be like, oh, blame it on this person, blame it on that, blame it on me. That's a, that's a good spot. You know, you don't see a lot of that in the world of construction. You don't see a no, lot of accountability. They come with hella excuses, dog. Hella excuses. Hella blame it on somebody else. Yeah, he's yeah. up. He's trash. That's the reason why my job trash. It's, it's ridiculous. It's disgusting. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I like to move with integrity, man, and take accountability for my actions. Another thing when it comes to construction business, bro, like what people, what most contractors do, so let's just say your contract ain't, your job ain't moving. To bring another person in. Typically, Byron, what you think another contractor gonna do if he if he walk up on a job? Trash the other job. Oh, so what does that tell you? What does that tell you? Would he, you he, he don't like accountability. Would you? So let's just say you have a job. Let's talk about that new construction you did when you first. Yeah. It wasn't moving the way it's supposed to. Let's just say you fired the guy, another one come. He pointed out this, man. He didn't do that right, this right, that right, that right, this right, that right. What's your thoughts about that new contractor? Are you, is that more attractive to you or is not? It, for me, it's less attractive, right? Because, but, but for a different reason. Because typically the people who do that are looking to not take accountability for what they getting ready to do and they, what they setting you up for, yeah they setting you up for if i do a bad job the reason i have a bad job is because the previous guy was trash now right. i have had good contractors come in and be like yeah i wish they could have done this a little bit better you know you know i wish they could and they actually perform and then had accountability but it, it's not like that all the time you know what i mean right and a lot of them bash another guy just so they can get the job. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so you got to pay attention to that. But moving forward in 2024, man, what we heavily focus on is a lot of wholesaling. 
a lot of flipping. Reason being because we're trying to stack up as much cash as possible. We're trying to get the, our uh, books looking healthy. Because as more transactions, you get more banks to lend you more money. So a lot of wholesaling, a lot of flipping, a lot of acquisition, a lot of land acquisition. Because moving forward, probably in June, July, we're going to do a lot of new construction. We're going to start our new construction process. But we need a lot of liquidity in the beginning of the year so we can manage these projects. Because, you know, you got to pay up front. It ain't like... Let me do the foundation and I get the money for the foundation up front. No, you have to pay for that out of pocket up front. Then you get the money back for the most part. So for us, heavily focused on flipping, wholesaling, uh, construction. I told you before, I'm, I'm heavily focused on roofs, foundation, framing. Reason being because I'm in and out, get paid. I don't have to deal with all the stuff on the back end. Um, that's really about it, man. I'm not really looking to buy any rentals in the beginning of the year, but if it's a great ass quality deal, of course I'm gonna take it. But that's not my primary focus. My primary focus is a lot of uh, cash. I love that's, it. That's what we're doing, man. Man, we got some guests on the stage, man. Shout out to our guests. We got my guy Ice Dunn. What's going the- on, man? What's going on? Yes, indeed. <laughs> we got Brittany in the building. Shout out to Brittany. We got my guy Darby in the building as well. Uh, Good morning. Yeah, so you know, how yeah, you look, look, I guess we gotta do it the right way. We gotta go with the lady first. Man. Yeah, we gotta go with the lady first, yeah, man. So, yeah, Brittany, yeah. good morning. Tell us about what's going on. Um, I don't have a whole lot going on. I am looking to start my goals for quarter one as well. So I'm listening to see which way you all are going and thinking about which way I'm actually focusing on for the first quarter versus ending the quarter. Okay. So what, what type of things you trying to do uh, moving forward in 2024? Um, get more clients. Get more clients. Get more with, um, like, the tax side of it uh, for the cleaning business for me. And, so you're looking to get more um, clients for your cleaning develop, business? Develop uh, more strategy. Yeah. Gotcha. So, Byron, what's your thoughts on that? How can she get more clients on her cleaning business? I guess, you know, I like I always like to go back to what you feel Brittany has worked before. What like what what is your primary way of gaining new uh clients? Um, paid leads with sub and just kind of getting on foot and uh, for lack of better terms, door knocking. Just door going knocking. and putting your face out there, flyers, yeah. Gotcha. Now, 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 with the door knocking, do you do it yourself or you let somebody else do it? Yeah, and that's the problem. Um, I kind of do a little bit of everything myself. So I'm trying to pull mm. back and develop a better team for that. Gotcha, gotcha. So if you're doing all that stuff yourself, you really have a bottleneck because you can't be cleaning the house and marketing at the same time. So for me, I would suggest you get somebody, you train somebody, maybe for a week, you bring them with your door knock show them how it goes, and you pay them a commission on the sale. So, Because you, you don't want to pay them hourly because that's taking too much overhead out your business. So if you say, look, work for commission, whatever, if you close the job at $200, I give you 20%. Or in the beginning, you may have to give them a little bit more money to get your books right because you got to have them motivated as well to work. Most people are not going to be motivated to work during not on a, for a house only to make $20 or $40, you know what I'm saying? Some people may, but you may have to be like, in the beginning, hey, I give you 50% whatever you close. Just in the beginning. And then, that person can become a cleaner for you, 
and then that person hires an, another door knocker, train them up, and then that's how you start your business. That's how you go get your business to grow. But you can't do all the things at once and expect your business to grow. Right. I agree with that. I like that idea. I want to add something. Go ahead, like, go I ahead. think for you, Brittany, um, to start looking at commercial cleaners, whether that be dorms, people in churches, things like that, um, they typically have like reoccurring stuff, as well as I was implementing a system like Jobber. So even if you hire a, like a 1099 uh, contractor, um, you're able to use them to help you spread the word and then you'll be able to do invoice and do your proposals a little bit faster. So I have a client that um, that's what she did. And then she was able to sustain over time. And now she's booked up because she works with funeral homes, gyms, um, all those commercial people, but she wasn't doing that. Like as far as her marketing, she was just doing like residential cleaning. So as she moved towards the commercial space, she was able to stay booked that way. So I hope that helps. I'll say another niche that yeah, you need to did. hit that most people don't hit, most people don't touch, you need to start reaching out to real estate investors and developers. Construction cleanup is like major. Yes, indeed. And they got to clean up the job multiple times. I'm talking about framing jobs, new floor installation, you just put up drywall, bro, they got, that shit is terrible. <laughs> so if you contact yeah, real estate investors and developers, that's like five cleaning, cleaning jobs at once. Because to really clean after sheetrock, bro, you got to clean multiple times. You got to use the right stuff. And then you have to clean again once the house is complete. Then they got to do the final touches. Then you got to clean again when they put on the market. Facts. So that's five to six cleanings with one client. And guess that way. One client, they're real real estate investors. They got multiple projects and they got business long term. So that's who you should target. And they're they going to they pay because they want their job clean. Absolutely. And on top of that, I would say to add to that, it's a simple job too, right? So it's not yeah. very detailed, clean. You ain't dealing with a bunch of furniture in the way. You know, you, you, it's, it's, it's simple. They're not emotional. It's not emotional. They just want the score, the floor to have a little bit of a squeak when they walk in uh, uh, and the windows be clean and all of the different things. So it's a simple clean plus, uh, you know, uh, plus you can uh, scale it as well, you know, if they got yeah. you know other businesses. But I want to add in too, Brittany, are you on social media at all? Are you utilizing social media to promote this business? A website done. Um, the only thing I'm on is like the platforms, like cleaning platforms, but I'm not on social media yet. That is my next thing. That's actually one of my things to end uh, the fourth quarter with is to get established on social media. Yeah, now I'll say with the social media thing, you got to really start posting content. Show yourself entering the house. Show yourself, hey, my favorite cleaning product is this. You know, it typically takes 45 minutes to clean a house like this. The typical charge is this. If you start showing that information, people going to start booking with you. Okay, that's some very good information. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, man. Ice, what's, what's your thoughts, man? What's going on? Good morning. You're on mute. God, listen, man, I got to unmute. <laughs> I, I, I love the conversation. I love where you guys are going with this, you know, getting prepared. What I really like, and, and people may not have um, noticed, uh, Byron, or because you didn't allude to it, you're getting ready to go into construction. But it all started with that 
with that first um, deal that you did. Yes. That first deal where you did some wholesaling and you started stacking up some cash, <laughs> which meant you could start taking advantage of other opportunities. So now you can go into building and now you've learned some of the, uh, but because if you hadn't done that part, you wouldn't have gone through all what it takes to become, um, to get into, uh, understand construction from a, a level that most of us never get to see. So right. now you're saying, now I'm going to take my cash and what I've learned and do this thing to be vertically integrated. It all started with that one deal. That's a fact. And the good thing is now that, you know, we have the accelerator program, um, you know, uh, you know, we have deals, right? We, we get deals, you know, deals are consistently being created and we want to continue to grow that community as well, because that will help produce even more deals without me necessarily having to directly source them. So, you know, it'll be the family sourcing um deals non-stop and you know between that and just my internet connections deals just flow anyway so i think it is just be a beautiful situation because i'm still able to take advantage of some great creative finance deals great wholesale deals uh still every now and then do a couple wholesale deals but on top of that i'm vertically integrated directly into what i want to do in terms of building out portfolio uh and and changing a bit of the culture in terms of uh, having a company that is trustworthy, that people feel like they can trust in the space in terms of contracting in general. So I think it's I think it's going to be a beautiful uh, journey on, in this space. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm, I'm looking at you know I'm, I, I I try to pick up a little bit of reading every now and then, <laughs> by, and so uh, and right now I'm looking at a um, for for the new year. Uh, I'm trying to take a page out of you literally out of your book. <laughs> All right. Yes, indeed. Two-day workshop. We I, actually I'm, running I'm, that back in, in February. So yeah. it's perfect. And so um, I'm looking at a commercial building. I was telling O about it. I'm looking at a commercial building. And we'll, we, when all goes right, when all goes, not if, but when it all goes right, we're going to be able to pick that up on a seller finance deal. Ooh. That sounds like a sweet deal, Brian. And uh, it's, it's tenants already. Uh, it, it, the building is in good shape. I know because I rent there. <laughs> mm. Okay. And um, as so I, I know what, I've been there for a long time, so I know what the problems are. Mm. So now we're in a position, now that we're in a position to have uh, a little cash stacked up um, and uh, to be in this position where the person who built the whole thing you know, built the whole thing, doesn't want to leave. They're just, mm -hmm. you're listening, you're listening. What do they want? Well, I, I want to be able to cut back. I want to be able to cut back, but I love this, all right? But I want to be able to cut back on some of the responsibilities. And so I said, well, it sounds like an opportunity. So <laughs> what do you want to do? Um, and Oh, and you want to avoid capital gains? Well, we can do something about that. <laughs> and, and, and where did I learn that? Come on now. <laughs> Love it, love it. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yes, sir. So Ice, Ice, what's some what's some of your goals for, for Q1 of 2024? Okay, so we want to, we're, we're focused on right now bringing in 20 new clients a month, which means we're going to have to bring on a new ad, uh, a new admin. 
So to bring in 20 new clients a month, that's that's just a little bit more than we need to. Uh, uh, I mean, we can handle on our own. We have to bring on more people. So I have some people in mind that we're going to be bringing on. Um, now, now, Byron mentioned it the other day that what I do is is not it's not a common thing. It's not regular. OK, in, in your speak, it's not regular. So um, now that it's getting more popular, now that we can now bring on more people um, and uh, we're on social media, that's what we're going to be focused on in this next year. And I'm going to take this one building. I'm going to take this one building and turn it into two more. Take this one building and turn it into two more because I learned somewhere where if I can get that thing on seller finance, then I can go out and put debt on it because I own it. Absolutely. I can put debt on it and then take that cash, which I don't have to pay taxes on. Absolutely. <laughs> to put down payments on the next commercial building because I got tenants in the building. I love it, but I only have three toilets in there. Okay. Absolutely. All those tenants, but only three toilets to take care of. Man, <laughs> oh man. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Listen, man. Thank you for putting all this stuff together for us. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, you know, for taking action and and and, and it because you've already yeah. done a couple of deals, you know, and big deals too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we uh well it was we we sold some stuff, um, but now we've got that cash sitting back. And now we, we need to we need to turn it into to do something else with it, uh, Byron. But I'm telling you, what I do with what I do, I'm when I get that when I put debt on the deal, I will be able to not only um, uh, leverage that money, but I'll be able to borrow it at a discount. Ooh. All right. And if I can borrow it at a discount, guess what? I can cash out refi on that first building 10 to 15 years sooner mm. to do it again. And I'll be able to do it at a much lower interest cost. I was talking to O'Neill uh, just recently and talking about if we could, if you could get uh, uh, maybe $100,000, $150,000 in equity, get it very quickly but you don't have to pay $200,000 in interest to get it. What if you can get that equity and only pay about $25,000 in interest? Real estate, real estate investors really need to start adding that metric to what they're doing to improve profitability. They're only looking at one side. What did I buy it for? What can I rent it for? What did I sell it for? OK, but no one I have ever talked to has said, you know what? I made good money on that deal. But while I was borrowing the money, here's how much interest I paid overall. And I should subtract that interest from my profits to get a net profit. No real estate uh, um, investor I've ever talked to has done that. I love it. I love it. I definitely love so, it. You so, know, so these, these new assets that you're getting, you know, the commercial assets, you know, you you stated that the building that you're interested in, uh, I know you didn't say it on here, but you told me. You got a new roof, got new ACs, uh, 
some qualified tenants that have been there for a long time, long-term tenants. You only got three toilets. So what's your plans long-term of the building? You plan on paying it off in seven years? I know that's what you teach. Or what's the actual plans for the building? Once you buy it, then what? Okay. I'm, I'm never, listen, I'm never going to pay that building off. What's the reason for that? My goal is to get equity cheaper and faster. Real estate, gotcha. real estate investors don't pay off buildings. Mm. Homeowners might want to be interested in paying it off, but a real estate investor, they just say, listen, how can I get my equity cheaper? How can I, how can I force equity acquisition? That's what we teach. So instead of getting that equity over a long term, take some of your dormant cash, find out how much it would, how much it's costing you to manage that debt. That's very important. It's called interest cost. So I'm going to be paying attention to my interest cost. How much is it costing me to manage the debt? Lower my cost by 75%. And I showed you the other day where I can borrow money at an effective interest rate of 0.75%. Mm. So it's hard to get right now. (laughs) Hard to get. You you ain't getting it. (laughs) You ain't getting it. All right. So if I can, if I can, um, if I can manipulate the system by understanding how amortization works, then I can give the bank back their money in a time where it makes it impossible for them to charge me interest. Wow. So if they can't charge me interest, now I'm getting the equity at a much lower cost. And when I say much lower, people don't understand of Byron and O'Neill that if I'm supposed to pay, when you close, they're gonna tell you how much interest you're gonna pay over the term. 200,000, 300,000, okay? They're gonna tell you how much it is. But what if you can get the same asset for not 300,000, but for 90,000 interest? Mm. So that means you literally got that building $210,000 cheaper because you didn't have to pay that interest. Now what can you do with that money? Because we, because real estate investors traditionally have looked at the amount of interest that they pay as the cost of doing business. Now what we're doing with real estate investors is say, let's lower the cost of doing business on the back end. That money that you're borrowing, Let's get it at 75% off. Why not? Mm. I like I like where you're going with this, man. Yes, indeed. I, and, I, and the type of man you are, I know it's going to happen. <laughs> no, that's a fact. I know it's going to happen. Yes, man, sir. I appreciate that, man. appreciate that. Lady Oak, good morning. Good morning. Happy you could join us. Appreciate you joining us, Ice. Are y'all Lady on Oak. mics? Do y'all have are y'all mics working? Lady O, Jason. Uh, who else we got? got Darby. Can you hear me? Yes, indeed. Yes, sir. Good morning. What's going on, brothers? Um, I just want to say I appreciate y'all for holding this space. Um, I mean, my goals for the for the new year will definitely be um to uh continue, you know, on the path that I am on. Um, as far as wholesaling land, um, I also have a towing business out here in South Florida, so looking to grow that, but using wholesaling to stack some capital. Um, and then obviously to build my buyers list, um, of course, uh, with land development, um, since I got into the space, uh, this year, actually, I, I went from struggling with selling houses to just 
finding success with wholesaling land. So that's what's been my bread and butter. Um, so now that I just heard you guys talking about looking to get into development, it's actually another opportunity. So there's opportunity all around us. You just got to keep searching and, you know, knowing that you guys are looking to get into that space. I definitely want to connect with you guys in the real estate land development space and then take that to the next level. So 2024, we're just looking at gaining and maintaining really um, on all aspects, really. So, so Jason, Jason yes. you say you have a towing business? Yeah, I got a towing business out in South Florida. I ain't gonna lie, y'all hated by a lot of people, man. The towing <laughs> So you say you plan on growing that business. How do you plan on growing that business in 2024? What's so, the steps you leading it to, to go in that direction? We uh we actually looking to expand. We just got a new location in uh so I'm in South Florida, so we just got a new location in uh West Palm, North Palm Beach. So we're looking to open up that location in the very coming weeks and then basically uh get more staff, you know. Right now is we're running pretty lean which has helped us a lot to uh, scale. So we're looking to bring on some drivers. And then for me, uh, work on my sales too for uh, 2024, just get better at sales I'm from like a complete different background. So for me, sales is like brand new. So, you know, just getting around new dealerships, going in, inducing the company, um, talking to all these, uh, you know, anybody that needs service. Because in towing, you know, it's really we're a need type of industry. So being able to go out, market the company, let people know who we are and pretty much just be a better salesman on both aspects on the real estate side and as well as uh, the transportation industry side. Gotcha. I got a question about that towing industry. So let's just say, you know, a lot of cars park at Starbucks and let's just say they have a sign like the Starbucks, Starbucks customers only, you will be told, if you're here and you're not at Starbucks, do those people pay like a, a subscription, like $500 a month to make sure you come as quick as possible or you just have that designated location? You're the only tow company that can do that. How does, how does that work? Yeah. So typically what Starbucks would do, would they would, um, they basically assign somebody to that or a towing company to that, to that area, to that parking lot. So, for example, if I go to Starbucks and I tell them, hey, we offer private property impound um, and they sign a contract with us, anytime that Starbucks calls us, we'll pull up and pick up the vehicle. Now, in Florida, every state differs, but in Florida, it, to get your car back, it's $142. So if if you park your car, you know, at Starbucks and you're not there and, and they call it on you, just know you're going to have to pay whatever they uh, the fee is for the company. But it's for the company, it's no charge to Starbucks. It's just, you know, another form of uh, revenue for, for the towing company. And do, do you do that? Yeah. You go to companies and act I picked up one last night, so. <laughs> <laughs> you that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's why they don't like you. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I caught a flat the other day on Tuesday, Trending Tuesday. Caught a flat. Went back home to do Trending Tuesday. Went back to fix it. And it took my shit, man. Oh. <laughs> you gotta be cooking. Oh and guess what? Man, I gotta pay four hundred dollars. I'm like, man. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. They killing y'all over yeah. there. Yeah, man. Y'all, y'all got a horrible space in my heart, man. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. But I love it, man. Let's let, let's go to Darby, man. Darby been waiting for a minute. Yeah, man. Let's get my guy Darby. I, you know, it's funny, Darby. It's like. 
I'm I'm seeing you on camera now, man. It's like this yeah. is this is no never man. seen this man before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going morning, on, brother? Man. What's happening, man? Uh, it's good, man. It's a good morning. Um, but I don't want to take y'all too back. But uh, when Brittany was talking about her cleaning business, right? Uh, I think it took me back to where I was talking to somebody about how to use PropStream. I think people underutilize PropStream a lot. And as far as the information and the data that it gives off, right? So, uh, so just for sake, if Brittany's looking at residential or commercial or what may have you, she could literally pick off anybody who just bought their house within the past six months to a year. And she could have a target market right then and there. Like if she want million dollar homes, she could find specific zip codes, stuff like that. And market to it. You know, we we all use our uh, text platforms, cold calling, or just any type of marketing. But that data is right there for those, you know, who got a new house. They want to keep it clean or what may have you. Or just like what you said, you got investors who just bought uh, rental properties or Airbnb and so on and so forth. You can narrow that down and, and market to that. So I think people are underutilized what the uh, the data that PropStream offers. Wow! Happy you said that because we that do that awesome same show. strategy. Yeah, we do that same strategy in our, in our construction business. So people got to realize that wholesaling is a marketing business. You can use the same strategy with any business that you have. You pull it's, a list, shoot them a text, cold call them. RVM, that's how you get more. That's how you get more business. And we, like, I'm happy you said because we do the exact same thing when it comes to roofs. So when we have a hurricane, hailstorm, anything, we shoot a mass message like, hey, we know yeah. they had a, a storm come through. We got free uh, inspections all month long. Make sure you book with us in the next thirty days. All we do yep. is twenty percent discount on flooring all month long. Make sure you, you hit us up to lock in your spot. You can do that with any business. Any building is a marketing business. Yep. And then uh, I was actually going to, I'm trying to find a landscaping company out here because I don't do landscaping, but my girl's uncle does, but he just, he don't want, he a one man band and I'm trying to find somebody who got a team so I can pretty much do a wholesale situation where that like, you know, if I get them the business, I just get a cut of it, but I'm doing the marketing piece of it, or they just going to hire me and my team to do the marketing piece for it. You know what I'm saying? So I think people underutilize the capabilities that um, that that data can provide you, you know what I mean. So you can use that landscaping, construction, cleaning, or whatever Amen. type of service thing you do you use. So um, yeah, so that that's that's something that I'm going to be heavily utilizing in 2024, as well as I'm starting to uh, research um, uh, line striping, like for parking lots. Uh, I'm starting to see a lot of uh, opportunity out here. People got commercial businesses malls and stuff like that and their parking lines is disappearing so i might as well figure out how to how to market that and try to get to that business as well but i say the best place to find uh workers for landscapers probably gonna be facebook go to facebook marketplace type in landscapers they're gonna pop up go to facebook right. groups that'd be the best way and if, right. if you in like uh you're in north carolina or south carolina north carolina so whatever whatever city you in most times they got a facebook group of people like i know where we at they got a, a ton of them but find facebook groups and just type in hey i'm looking for a landscaper and just chop it up with them and that's how y'all can build because everybody looks for more work at the end of the day yeah yeah 
Yeah. That's so I, you know, I just wanted to I just wanted to drop in and put that in there. I did have a, uh, some more questions about you know like the rental market and where that's gonna go, but you know we'll we'll circle back to where that when we get there. Yeah, I, I, we got my guy Garland in the in, in, in the building, man. You know, uh <laughs> what's going on, Garland? Listen, man, um, I actually took Garland's course uh on on how to read plans. I thought it was a phenomenal course, by the way. If anybody's interested in um in taking that course, you know, he ain't paying me nothing to yeah. say that. That's just, you know, on the strength of you know, me appreciating good knowledge. Um and talk it, about the benefits. What made you do that course? Because people, well, you know, hate education. People hate education on what they're trying to get in. So, what made you be like, "Hey, I'm I'm a, I'm a new developer. Let me go ahead and learn how to read these plans." What made you do that? Well, you know, here, here's the thing. So, I got some plans done, right, and uh, uh, for a property, sent them over to uh, Malachi. Malachi chopped my plans up. He was like, "Yo, you know, this is trash." <laughs> Yeah, this right here, you know, they need to do this a little bit better. I'm like, bro, like, what are you? You thought your stuff was good to go. I thought I was on my way. You know what I'm saying? And then I found out that, man, even in plans, you can't just take the plans from an architect and think that, you know, everything I right. And then what happens is you send that plan over to the city, oh, and they're going to chop that joint up anyway. And now you dealing with what would have been three months of getting your plan permitted, processed, and through the city, now you're looking at six months, nine months, maybe even 12 months just in dealing with the plans, right? And so what 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 was what, what was kind of eye-opening for me was that Malachi had that knowledge, right? And so, and as you know, shout out to BOB as a family because you know I lean a lot on the people here. You know, we're a family here, right? And and he was able to give me that knowledge, but I wanted to know where he got that knowledge from. And when he told me who was his architect, you know, and he was like, you need an architect that's going to not only sell you plans, but educate you, educate you on that process. And uh, that's what turned me on to Garland. I was following Garland for a while. He didn't even know. He didn't know who I was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I ended up taking the course. I thought it was a phenomenal course. And I think anybody who is looking to get into this space, you need to not only know what's going on with the plans. Um, do, do, do you by, think by you doing that, it's going to help you in 2024? Uh, dramatically, bro, because you got to know what you what you look get sent into the city. It's going to say you tremendous amounts of time, tremendous yeah. amounts of time. But uh, Garland, you mind just kind of introducing yourself to the people? Uh, and, you know, and we want to hear what's your plans for 2024 as well. We got lows in the building too, man. <laughs> yeah, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is uh, Garland Harris Jr. I'm the uh, owner of Middle Housing Design Co. I'm also a real estate developer. We build our own projects too. Um, yeah, like like Brian said, I recently did a course on how to read house plans. The reason I did it is because you know I work with a lot of new developers, and um, you know I see I always recommend the guys like if you brand new. You know, hire a contractor. If your goal is to take over running the construction yourself, then hire a GC, pay him to teach you, you know, uh, pay him to teach you how to schedule, pay him to teach you how to look at the plans, what to pay attention to. And then, you know, as you continue to go on, then you can start taking on projects yourself. You're still going to make mistakes, but at least you're going to have a leg up and not make some of the more costly mistakes that you can make when you're brand new and you don't 
know what you're doing at all. Um, one of the main examples I like to use, one of my clients, he had, um, uh, he had finished the project, went to get his final inspection done and failed his final inspection because his roof was overhanging onto the next property. It was encroaching onto the next property. And so he asked the inspector, how come none of the other inspectors failed me, you know, like doing the framing inspection or the roofing inspection and everything. And he said, well, it's not the inspector's job to look at your plans and determine whether or not you built the house right. That's your job. Um, and so, you know, you can get the same set of plans to, you know, a different contract and they'll all build it different ways. Case in point, I got a plan right now that's being built. Um, my team actually built it last year and it's being built again by a client that I sold the uh, plan to. And um, we've had some issues with them coming in and adding in fur downs in certain places. And I'm telling the guy, I'm like, yo, I built this plan last year. We didn't have any fur downs. And he's like, oh, well, I got to put a fur down here. Huh? What are fur downs? Oh, so a fur down. Um, so we have, uh, man, now we're getting really technical. Okay, how can I explain this? Help me, Lloyd. Uh, so you have your ceiling height, right? Like behind me, you can see my ceiling, all right? Um, sometimes when you, once we drywall everything up, you might not know that the height of the ceiling that you see is actually a false height. And there might actually be a higher ceiling above that that is being used for like uh, to run duct work or plumbing or anything like that. Um, so that's usually what we use a fur down for. It's lowering the ceiling height so that we can run, um, you know, mechanicals through in a, a certain spot. So was that clear enough? That was real clear. Yeah, that's okay. perfect. That's good, good, good. All right. So, so yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'll, a lot of my courses are, are usually born out of things that I see. Like I saw a lot of clients who were having issues. You know, I come out to the site and I'll be like, yo, this is built wrong. And they'll be like, what? And I'll be like, yeah, look at this page right here. It should have been built like this, yada, yada, yada. Um, or even when I go out to my own projects that I'm building and I'll see stuff that's built wrong and I'll immediately screenshot the plans and send it over to my GC and be like, yo, y'all didn't build this the way we drew it. You know, I'm very particular about that on my own projects, you know, because uh, we, we try to figure out a lot of this stuff before it goes to construction anyway. And a lot of times we're trying to achieve a certain look so, you know, we want our things built per plan and our contractors have gotten used to that. Um, but I guess, uh, so my direction for, that was the other question, like, what, 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 what yeah. what's my direction for 2024? Uh, yeah. So we, uh, we're definitely building more units. Um, our next project is a, a small subdivision of 15 townhouses. Um, they're going to be um, mid-century mods. We like doing themed communities. So our current community is uh, four townhouses. We call it the Bill Street Brownstones. The next one is 15 townhouses on an acre. We're calling that the DeSoto Mods. All of the homes will be mid-century modern um, styles. So uh, we like doing that because we feel like it adds to the attractiveness of the community and, and helps you know people come and recognize like the brand that we're trying to build. Um, so that's on the development side. On the design side, um, we're going to increase our stock plan library. We're going to add in more triplexes and fourplexes, more of the things that uh, 
get in with the uh, deliverable places initiative that the city of Houston has created. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll probably be putting out some more courses for you guys to take advantage of. We do have um, some course bundles and ebook bundles that we created recently, um, kind of like a neighborhood developer starter kit. Um, you know, and you know, if you guys ever need any plans, you can reach out to us. You know, we would definitely will educate you and help you uh, figure out what's the best project for your land, um, but also be there to guide you through the entire process. You know, at the end of the day, I want to see you get your project built because like my professor used to tell us in college, um, architecture is an architecture unless it's built. That's a fact. You know, it's funny. You mentioned a couple key things that I want to highlight. Number one, you need an architect that's going to help you understand what is the most feasible right to be built on that land. So I, I'm going to, you know, just straight shooter. My architect, one reason I like my architect right now that I work with, uh, shout out to my guy, Devon, um, is number one, we're going to go over how do I make this project profitable? That's going to be my first goal. I'm going to look at the comps, right? Just because it can be built don't mean it need to be built by you in that area, right? So, so I'm just giving you some game on why I always pay architects and I don't buy stock plans. Because with stock plans, you're trying to make something fit to a market when that may not even be something. Put it like this. You build a 3,000 square foot mega mansion, right? A uh, 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 6,000 square foot mega mansion, right? Just because it looks good on, on, on land, right? But it's, it, it's not going to cash flow. It's, it's, it's going to be overbuilt for that market. All of those things you have to take into account whenever you're looking to build something new, right? You want something that's going to be feasible. So you mentioned uh, making sure that something is feasible for the land, making sure it's going to fit properly on the land, Right. That matters, too. Uh, and then also getting the plans right and making sure that they can pass through the city the way that they need to pass through the city. So can you highlight why those yeah, things- say, you got to add on to like make sure the products that you're using is the right products and the most cost efficient products. If you could be right. using yeah. two by sixes to build a walls instead of two by fours. You know what I'm saying? Just it all depends. But if you can't speak on that. Yeah, I would uh I'll give you an example from one of my current projects that we're um that will start in 2023. So it's actually across the street from our uh the project that we're finishing up right now. Uh we we got this land through a wholesaler and uh shout out to any wholesalers out there. We do do partnerships. We did a creative deal with this wholesaler, they brought us this land, and um at first, you know, the price that they wanted didn't make sense. Um, but then when the city changed their rules, we reevaluated the land and we were like, okay, you know what, we can actually make it work now, um, and go from there. And what we did is the, we brought the wholesaler on as a, as a uh, partner in the project. And, uh, we're going to, they're going to basically get to see the entire process from start to finish, including demo on Saturday, um, and learn how to do this. And then we'll, we'll pay them. Um, a larger sum on the back end of the deal. Uh, but anyway, this deal, it's the same size lot as what we're currently building on, but we're not going to build the same project. What we did was we looked at two different projects to build on the, on the site. All right. In the area that we're building in, townhouses sell for like $230 a square foot, duplexes sell for $205 a square foot. So just off of that, most people would say, okay, let's build the townhouses. 
Um, but when we looked at the numbers, we were like, okay, we could fit five townhouses on this lot, but this project is gonna cost us 1.2 million to build. And it's gonna require us to probably bring about $400,000 of equity. So then we looked at the project. Um, oh, and then we were gonna have to do um, um, underground stormwater detention, which is expensive. So then we looked at the, the possibility of doing three duplexes on the site. And um, the city's new rules state that if um, if you're if you're not covering up more than 65 percent of the land with impervious cover and impervious cover is basically any material that does not allow rainwater to seep back into the land naturally. Um, if you're not covering up more than 65 percent of the land with impervious cover, then no underground detention is required. So we were able to lay out three duplexes on the site and keep the impervious cover under 65%. So we avoided having to do the costly detention. When we looked at the project, we we looked at it and said, okay, if we build three duplexes, that project only cost us about 825 to do. Um, so we're we're already saving like four hundred thousand dollars in construction costs, all right, uh, and project costs. But it also reduced the amount of equity that we needed to bring to the deal. So we went from bringing four hundred thousand dollars to maybe just a little bit over 150 and um and we get a better product in our opinion to build in that area um and in this environment you know with higher interest rates than just building a bunch of single family homes so you know when you're looking at at, at deals you know your architect could help you with this but a lot of guys they don't build their own projects anyway so all they really know is how to design and maybe get something permitted, but they don't know what happens on the back end or on the front end when it comes to finding land and determining what to build on the site. Um, they don't know what you what your cost basis is. They don't know those things. Being a developer myself, I know all of those things. So I can ask you all those questions. I can sit down and, and look over the numbers with you. I can sit down and say, well, look, you know, I'll be honest with you. It might be better for you to build this type of project in this area than it is to build this type of project. You know, and I will point out on the project that I just used as a scenario, the profit on the five townhouses was about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, while the profit on the three duplexes was two eighty five. And most people would say, oh, well, I'm going to do the five townhouses. But the way we looked at it was interest exposure. You know, the more interest that we're having to carry on a larger loan is not as beneficial to us as if we have a a smaller project cost and we're able to carry less interest. So we're we're cool with $70,000 less in profit if that means we're having to bring, um, what was it? It was 400 down to three, so $250,000 less in equity to the deal. Cause we could take that 250 and spread that into another project and have another project going. I mean, we have no shortage of GCs. I, you know, I, I, Brian, I like your idea, but I don't want to be on the job site every day, man. So I, I'd rather just have uh, several GCs that work under me. We'll create project standards for how we want stuff built. And um, and everybody has to adhere to those standards or they're not going to be a part of the team. Yeah. Well, you know, the good thing is I got a partner. I ain't going into it by myself. I got a partner. He got multiple, over 20 years experience. He's been doing it. I'm just going to help him on the business the business side and the uh, um, and the marketing side, right? So, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of people they see like the construction shows and everything, and they or or you know HGTV or people on IG, 
and they they like, oh man, I want to go out there and I want to run the project myself. But running a project is is very time consuming. It's a full time job. You got to be on site. You got to guard against theft. You got to guard against uh, contractors who are not doing quality work. If you don't know what's quality, you walk on the site, you think it look good, and then somebody who does know walk on, and we're like, mm-hmm, it's built wrong. Uh, and so there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And so, you know, if if you're really trying to scale, you know, I used to work for large um, builders. I worked for one who was um, who was only in the state of Texas, and I worked for a national builder. And I saw how their processes were set up. They they would be taking down a, a, a master plan community and, and they might have three or four GCs. Well, they call them builders, but they might have three or four GCs, you know, to build the houses in that area. But what they did was they had a set of construction standards. This is our company's way of building things. You build to this way. And then they might have a superintendent who's over those guys who comes out and 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 inspects and makes sure that everything is being built that way. But they train them beforehand. You know, they have all their rel- relevant project documents and they're like, this is the way we want to build. So even the 15 unit project that we're taking on next year, we're probably going to bring on two GCs so that we can knock that project out in about six to eight months because we can't give it to one GC and expect them to build all 15 homes in one year in, in six months. He won't get it done. So we'll we'll probably have two, maybe three guys, give them each five homes, and then we'll just have a set of construction standards for them. And we'll tell them, these this is how we want the houses built. I don't care how you like to build. We want it built this way um, so that everything is on the same page and everything is is consistent and it flows together. And then my, my business partner, he runs the construction side, and he's very good about staying on people's tail. Very good yeah. about that. Love it, love it, love it. Listen, man, we're going to do a quick reset and then we got to get my guy Los, man. I definitely want to hear what Los has going on for 2024 and also what he, you know, feel like he could have done better in 2023. You know, we learned just as much uh, from some of our, you know, mishaps, failures, our learning experience, however you want to classify those moments uh, as we do from the win. So I just want to definitely highlight that. Listen, if you haven't, already make sure you take a look at our uh, our um our membership packages you know membership definitely has its perks and you definitely want to take advantage of those if you if you are interested in getting some discounts uh on, on some of the merch that we have uh coming out very very soon you can take advantage of that by joining in on the legacy the visionary or the trailblazer uh, membership package all of them the you know, all of them have their own little perks and you can kind of read up on and see which one fits what you are looking to do. But here's the deal, man. We got my guy Los in the building <laughs> and uh, I want to know Los, you know, from your perspective, uh, you know, I guess let's start with this. What do you feel like you done wrong in 2023? What do you feel like you could have done better in 2023 let's start there and then let's transition to what are you looking to change up in 2024 to make you know all of those things a whole lot better it's Lowe's with us i think you you muted yeah there we go there we go um i i need to allow myself to uh, allow um help you know Mm. Uh, 2023, um, no, I, I got some things accomplished. 
Um, but you know, I, I have a hard time relinquishing control because people don't do stuff to my standard. And then, you know, when people don't do it to my standards, like, I, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I should did it myself anyway. I, I really got to get, get out of that and, and be comfortable with people doing something 70 to 80% of the way that I would do it. Um, and then if I just got to come back and just tighten up that extra 20, 30%, it, it, you know, I could probably be a lot further than some of the things that I'm looking to do. So, you know, I, I need to really get out of my own way. Um, but you know that's, that's some Gemini shit. I don't just think I think that people just don't do stuff with the with the level of intensity that I do. And and then when I give things to other people, that they take forever or they don't they don't use common sense. I'd be like, man, you know, I just do it myself. And then you know, I find myself taking longer because there's so much shit I got to do myself. So I got I got I got I got to get out of that. Um, despite of all the successes that you know, it looked like I've had this year. Man, honestly, you know, 23 was the worst year of my life, bro. I, I Jeez, me too. <laughs> and, and, you know, what, I tell you. What made it the worst year of your life, though? Man, you know, you know my, my wife and I, we've been together 10 years, you know, going on 11. Man, we, we had two miscarriages this year. You know what I'm saying? Two. De 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 dealing, with, dealing with that. Um, You know, I've been in real estate 25 years since I was 17. I never lost money on the deal except this year. You know what I'm saying? One, just one, just one deal, but still in all, lost money on one deal. Never done that. I used to poke my chest out high saying, hey, I ain't never lost money on a deal. Now, I can't say that no more. You know what I'm saying? Um, shit, I, I lost the house to a fire. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it wasn't insured. Oh, man. Um, but despite all that, I still made, made made a shit ton of money, had a shit ton of fun. You know what I'm saying? Seen, seen a lot of parts of the world. Uh, but yeah, it's some changes that need to go on. I got a question, man. So, so how did you know the, the things you and your wife dealt with twice? How did that affect your business and you mentally? Um, oh, it, 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 it affected for sure. Um, because you know, when, when you're dealing with so, so things such as personal as that, you know, business that shit ain't as important at the moment, you know, dealing with family, dealing with life, dealing with that, that's what's important. So, you know. Um, having employees, type employees that we have, and we not being present, you know what I'm saying? You know, we see some declines and things of that sort. Um, I think, you know, that's, that's everyday stuff that people as a business owners don't necessarily talk about, you know, when, when, when life be life and how does that affect your business? Um, and, and it definitely does, especially, you know, to, to have two abortions in, in, in like an eight month period. I mean, uh, not, not abortions, uh, miscarriages, I'm sorry, never abortions, not never, I don't believe in that. Um, but to, to have two miscarriages in eight months, you know, and for, for, for my wife, it, you know, it is, it's a lot harder on her than it, than it was on myself. And it's hard on me, but you know, it was a lot harder on her than it is on me. And, and by her being so, uh, active in the business, you know, it, it hurt. Well, I definitely say we started to hit it, but at the same time, you know, y'all, y'all very strong because most people can't bounce back from that. Personally. All business-wise, like a lot of people, you know, go through a lot of things, emotionally, depression, things like that. Did uh, did you deal with any any of those things, like depression or anything? No, nah, no, nah, I don't really deal with no depression. You know, I, I, I've been to prison, you know what I'm saying? That, that shit depressing enough. Once you, you make it through that, you can make it through anything. That shit is hell. That shit is literally hell. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, honestly, you no. Know, Most people are taken back by one, two years, man. So, you know what I'm saying? Y'all strong, man. Yeah, well, you know, she 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 grew up a fighter, you know what I'm saying? And and, and I grew up a fighter, so you know, those things kind of been instilled in us and we kind of bring that over into our relationship. We ain't just gonna quit and give up so easy. Yeah, man, I let her hear that. 
So what, what you plan on doing to fix those situations in 2024? Oh, well, you know, we stay practicing to make a baby. Hopefully that shit fall out. You know what I'm saying? We stay, we stay doing that. Uh, what, what about business-wise? <laughs> uh business-wise you know we, we tightening up again you know we we, we got you got a, a look, about 80 doors now i think about to close on another one um so just keep, keep it keeping that tight i do i do get like like 20 some doors under heavy construction so still managing that and make sure we get that cash flowing because you know that's a that's a lot of money not coming in uh monthly so um get, getting that done i do i do got a, a a coffee shop i'm about to open um i say i i ain't, I ain't gonna bring the name out and all that stuff because it, it ain't uh like my, my trademark and copywriting came back yet but you know but I, I will be you know bringing a coffee shop to the to the uh forefront and then i'll also be bringing some uh my smoothie rx and the coffee shop blend in the, in the store together like a like a dunkin donuts and baskin robin 31 flavors type of demonstration so i'll, I'll be doing that in 2024 uh so that's, that's what I'm, I'm locked in on that so you got two brick and mortars coming up you got the regular coffee shop and then you got the mix well the, the, the first coffee shop is going to be a mix okay gotcha now question uh what's it was like what's the profitability on the coffee shop is it, is it profitable or because I, I heard it only talk twenty it only costs 20 30 cents to make a cup of coffee but you sell us about four or five dollars so Ooh, wait. what's the benefits of getting the coffee business man talk to us about that well you know out, out, outside of Tobacco and sugar, coffee is the next the, the next best legal drug that, that that's out there. You know what I'm saying? So, you no, know, me me being from the street and understand that how drug dealing work. You know what I'm saying? I figure I want my shot at, at some legal drug dealing. And and if y'all look in y'all city, I don't care what city you at, uh, it's coffee everywhere. And, and it's a reason for that. It ain't just Starbucks. It, it ain't just Dunkin' Donuts. It's Peach. It's it's all different type of mom and pops because people like coffee. So you know. The better the better you can do it the, you know I, I feel that you know the way that that because i'm a coffee connoisseur you know i travel a lot i travel all around the world i get coffee I, I go to the to the uh to where they roasting the coffee i talk to the farmers and all that stuff so i'm pretty knowledgeable on coffee so then when i go to other coffee shops and around the city and things of that sort the coffee be trash and and people who who really drink coffee uh you know they, they be looking for that dope so you know i'm just gonna give them that dope they looking for <laughs> i ain't gonna lie but they got a local coffee shop in my area called jet coffee bro they started maybe four years ago they got five locations i'm like this shit taking off so i definitely understand what you're saying it's a legal drug because people do love coffee their lines be hella long and like you said earlier on a previous, I know we talked uh, Tuesday, and that sugar, man, the sugar bring the parasites, and the parasites be knocking at that dough, man. So, so it all works together. I'm, I'm going to have coffee full of sugar. Crack on crack. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, man. And, and what, what do you say that profit margin look like? You think it's about 80, what, 80%, 60% after employees and everything? Uh, I know it's well, 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 so so me, I, I'm I'm gonna be downtown Chicago in the, in the River oh, North yeah, location. So, yeah, yeah. So the rent high. So that, that's gonna really take me to like, well, ba based on our preliminary numbers, that, that take it to like a, anywhere between a, a forty and a seventy percent uh, return. Fuck, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That's phenomenal. You you know what kind of and, and that's, net. that's net. That's net for sure. You know what kind of coffee beans you're rolling with? Or are you gonna have a different variety? Because you're the type of guy to get beans from. 
Yeah, he gonna fly something. You know what I'm saying? You got some Indian beans, I'm sure. Some, <laughs> some, some African beans. So, like, what kind of I'm beans glad, you gonna have? I'm glad you know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have. You know, Australian I, I, beans. I can't tell you just yet, man. I can't, I can't tell y'all just yet, man. We got some really resourceful people on the internet looking at this podcast. So, no, nah, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't tell y'all just now. You know, I, I play chess very well. Just know that. Yes, so indeed. you definitely getting overseas beans. And uh, it's not gonna be no local beans. I, I I have some local beans too. Hawaii Hawaii got some good beans. That's local. I, I have some Hawaii beans. You know what I'm saying? But that's the most information y'all gonna get out of me and my beans. <laughs> <laughs> I will have I some like local it. Hawaiian beans. That's the best beans that you got with a USA tag on it. Ooh. I like it. So what was the uh, when you think you go open it up? You you doing the construction now? Or you still. The, so right, 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 right now better. we, right, right now we still in, in, nego- in negotiations with the lease. They, they trying to get both of us to personally guarantee that lease, and that don't make no sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we in negotiation with it. I think we'll, we'll probably, you know, get a meeting of the minds sometime early next week. Um, and no, I'm, I'm looking like a, um, like a March first open. I ain't gonna lie, but I got a lot of questions. I mean, so what's the typical cost besides the lease to start up an extra coffee business? Because to me, I don't feel like the things that probably cost the most, I'm sure, is the build out, but the probably the some good coffee machines to actually That's it. That's a couple thousand dollars, bro. Quality coffee. Is that the most important thing in coffee? Is the is the machine that do all the work? No, you you wanna have you wanna have a good machine because the, the, the coffee need to be ground a certain way, it need to be Correct. packed yeah. a certain way so that it, that affects the taste of the coffee. So you, you definitely want to have a good machine, but just because you spend you know a whole bunch of money on on a machine, you still got to know what you're doing. You still got to have some technique. You still got to have some good beans. So, um, but definitely having having the right equipment for sure. And I like that. You got different type of sugars and stuff too, like honey. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm gonna have honey. You know, I'm gonna have Milk. I'm, I'm gonna have that crack sugar for everybody, but I'm gonna have some coconut sugar also. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have some variety of, of sweetener, uh, variety of milk, you know, people, you know, pe- people going, people want that cow milk. So I have some cow milk in there for them, but I still have, uh, you know, almond and oat and, and coconut and so forth though. You know, you got to give people what they want just because I don't drink that shit. You do. So I got it for you. Yeah. So you said this business, what you think about 10, 10, 10,000, 10 to 15,000 started up? Uh, well, no. Uh, no, well, it, I mean, it, it could be, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I go big, bro. I, I don't know if, no, you probably haven't, but maybe y'all should pull up to Smoothie RX and, and, and y'all yeah. see, see what see what that look like, you know, because I, I, I go hard, I go hard with the branding and and all of that. So, so my cost ain't ain't ten thousand dollars. So, can somebody else open up a coffee shop with ten thousand dollars? Probably so, but but not me. <laughs> so, so talk to us about that. I think it's gonna help a lot of people. Like, how do you go from idea? To actually making it happen, because a lot of people here got ideas, but they never make it happen. So you think of idea, you do, you think of the name, you think of the logo, you think of trademark. Yeah, do people business, don't think they see. People just had that idea and then they just sleep on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I get the idea and and I'm beating my feet and and we doing the necessary research and work to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So you no, know, shout shout out to my wife Candace because you know she she definitely an executor. You know what I'm saying? If I say, "Hey, look, this is what we doing," the next two few questions is, "Well, what do I need? What you need me to do? What's what's this and what's that?" And and you know, once we lay that out, she get the work, I get the work, and for you know it, some shit be here for the people to enjoy. 
So this is a question for Los and Don. What do y'all think is the best way to fund a new brick and mortar like that? You think business credit, cash, lines of credit was the best way to fund it? Cash is trash. <laughs> what do you think? Hey. You think, you think I'm, an I'm, SBA I'm, loan is better? I'm with him when he right. You know, hey, SBA loan, not bad. You know, especially, um, you know, when I, when I went to B-Rule's um, bachelor party, I was, I, he had a guy there who owned the McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? One of his homies. This ain't just like somebody we met. This one of his homies. You know what I'm saying? And um, I was talking to him about, you know, how he got into the to the McDonald's biz. You know, I had a lot of questions for that. Um, and he was telling me the SBA. You know what I'm saying? So if 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 you got the um, the, the wherewithal, man, you go to SBA and start a franchise, man. Bro, bro started a McDonald's and got another one now. You know what I'm saying? From the SBA. I, I, I know of somebody else. I don't know him personally, uh, but I know of somebody else who went and started a um a nothing but bunt cake uh business from the SBA. The SBA gave him the loan to to start the franchise. So you definitely can. Hey, I know you're not a sugar man, but the nothing but cakes, them things be hitting, dog. I, I'm still buying beef. <laughs> <bitch. Them bitch. laughs> they, they so moist, boy. You bite in there. Hey, you be giving me man. your parasites, bro. Get your stand on your stand on business with your own parasites, bro. Like, yeah, I ain't gonna lie, man. I might go buy my wife a little cake today. But anyway, man, if y'all enjoyed today's content, man, man, make sure y'all put some flame in the chat, man. I think Lowe's dropping a lot of heat. Put some flame in the trap. Give us a few likes, man. We appreciate that. But I like that, bro. I like that. So how you what you think is the best way though? You think is it business credit or SBA? You know, to, to each his own, right? Because it because if you, you make it too. I'm I'm gonna say do what works for you. For, for me, it, it's going to be credit because I know how I work. I'm disciplined enough to, to use it properly. Everybody don't got that in them, e even though they may be able to, to use it and so forth. Man, when we look at, you know, people don't necessarily paying it back. People don't necessarily understand the interest only. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of things that, you know, need, need to be understood before you're talking about opening up a whole business via business credit. You know what I'm saying? How, how are you going to pay that back? Are you in a position to pay that back? Can you wait for the business start cash for to pay that back? What if the business you start don't cash on, you can't pay that back? So all of those things need to be answered before you can talk about, I'm going to start to open the business with business credit. Hey, man, I'm excited about your new business, man. If I come to Chicago, I ain't no coffee drinker, but I'll try your shit out, man. No, 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 no. You come, 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 come get a smoothie, nigga. I got a green juice for you, man. Get, get, get some inflammation <laughs> out your body. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna give me one of those smoothie situations, man. You gonna put some spinach in that bar? Yeah, man. I gotta give me a smoothie situation, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Let me uh connect yeah. me on which color. Yeah, but I wanna know, you know, Los, I know that uh it's a lot going on in the real estate market. I wanna know what is your take uh once I find my uh once I find my uh what's your take on the market, man? Do you think the real estate market and and what's going on with interest rates with the pricing with, uh, you know, this foreclosure activity creeping up. Do you believe any of those things are going to have uh, some long lasting effects going into 2024? What, like, what do you, what do you predict is going to be the space for investors to kind of really play in, 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 in 2024 from your, your uh, purview? And then I would love to get Don's take on that too. Uh, man, I, I see, I see foreclosures rising. I, I see people like you um, who in that creative space, you know, taking a lot more deals down. I see I see um, I, I see commercial multifamily, you know, 
taking taking a hit. It's it's going it's going to be hard for a lot of those people. So I, I see I see people like myself uh, able to pick up some of these deals for the low. Um, whether whether that's them getting into it creatively um, or you know just taking them down. Um, I see that. I see a, a definitely a, a big slowdown in that in that luxury market and and some of the people that I know this luxury flippers right now they hurt right now hurt hurt because those people are not buying. Um, so again, I think it's it's, it's going to be some more opportunity and people that's looking to get into you know they 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 legacy home they they big forever home. It's going to be some opportunity uh, there from some from some of those builders from from some of those uh, flippers from some of those homeowners that need to get from under those huge mortgages and so forth. Um, I, I think the, the market is going to be all right. I think the real estate is, is really what's going to help the economy um, stay a, a little more stable because, you know, pe people still going to be buying and, and those people going to obviously be more invested than, than the average homeowner. Um, and then with, 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 with BlackRock and these people in the, in the markets buying, and I, I don't think prices are going to drop too much. I think we're going to see a dip a little bit. But it's not gonna bottom out. I can't. I can't see prices bottoming out. Do you think uh, the people in the Airbnb space um, are going to be able to recover? Do you see that industry kind of just tanking out? Nope. I, I, I do not see those people bouncing back. I do not. Um, I think the people that that's really in the hospitality space and running like a business, um, I think they'll they'll, they'll be okay. Uh, I think they're gonna have to learn to pivot and be a little creative. But the people that they really own it and, and run it like a business, uh, not not those people who you know in 2021, 2020, 21, 22 jumped on the bandwagon because it was something hot. Uh, most of those people were in trouble right now. Again, they they didn't have the real estate acumen, the wherewithal to, to get through any of that. They they bought a course and, and rode a wave, not not that that wave and washed away, you know, so that they business, so to speak. So, I think that those people gonna continue to, you know liquidate their furniture and all that type of stuff and the, and the people who who do it like a business and and understand real estate in full uh i, I think they'll be all right because it's, it's always been a market for short-term rentals always it, it, it's just that who who has been catered to those people and and most people thought the short-term rental market was for uh travelers you know what i'm saying and not necessarily they were you still operating in a short-term rental space or you pivoted out of it oh uh, no i'm still in it i'm, I'm still in it so why you think uh, you still winning and a lot of people losing it? What what, what you think you doing different? Um, you know, I, I'm I'm at a higher price point, but believe it or not, you know, people look for a higher price point, and 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 when the price point and the details match, um, I think that's you know would be be all right. I'm in I'm in a good part of Chicago where it's highly sought out. It's close to everything, Hyde Park, the hospitals, downtown, things of that sort, and, and it's uh, you know. It's arguably the, the the best black neighborhood in in the city, um, so you know I think because of that I, I'm okay. But that neighborhood is is saturated. Still, if we go look it up, it's a, it's a shit ton of listings: hundred dollars, hundred fifty dollars, two hundred dollars. So to see man at five hundred and six hundred dollars a night, uh, and and still um, uh, getting bookings, shit, I'm happy for that. But my, honestly, well, my, most of my bookings are, are midterm rentals, man. Ninety days, sixty days, things of that mm. sort. So you you provide a luxury, you you provide a luxury experience, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm premium, bro. Every everything I do, premium. I I, I ain't doing nothing on, no like, on the cheap side. Yeah, I'm, I'm premium. He ain't no Walmart type of guy. 
Mm-mm, no, nah. unless unless I'm, unless I'm 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 buying the, the the dented up shit from Walmart and I'm going back to sell it. Ooh wee, I like it, man. Ice, right, what's your thoughts, man? What's your thoughts about this, man? Listen, I'm looking for that rewind button because when uh, Lo said um, five six hundred dollars a night, you should have seen Byron's face. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that again. <laughs> But listen, man, you mentioned you were talking about how to, you know, get, getting into a, a new business. Should we use cash? Should we use uh, uh, and leveraging somebody else's money? And, and I, I'm, I'm going to make uh, a, an argument for leveraging. I'm going to make an argument for borrowing that money from the bank or wherever you can get it from, even if it's from private lenders. So I've got something on the screen here. This is one of my clients who has um, two million dollars worth of uh uh, buildings here, and and um, and we got loans on this. And the important thing is, on two million two hundred twenty-three two hundred thirty-six thousand dollars. All right, the bank wants one million one hundred twenty-three thousand one hundred ninety-five dollars interest on these loans. Now, before this guy read my book, he really didn't care about it about this part, and here's why. He's got $57,000 income on these two buildings. <laughs> His mortgage payments are $14,696. Okay. Heavy on the cash flow. Listen. All right. And so he said, so he says to me, he said, you can't touch this money because I'm, I'm investing that right away. But 36000 that's 63% of what he's bringing in. I can't touch that. Okay. He's putting he's putting this much away in reserves, about sixty five hundred dollars in reserves. This guy is doing a huge business here in Huntsville. But here's the point I want to make make out when he read the book. He said, you know what? I know I'm paying now. I know I'm paying way more interest than I need to pay. We're going to get him down to here. Two hundred and thirty one thousand four hundred sixty eight dollars in interest. That's. $891,000 in interest savings. That's 79% off. All right. Wow. If you were to borrow that money straight from the bank and were, and you were going to pay $231,000 in interest, let me, let me blow this up just a little bit. Your interest rate would have to be 0.67. That's the effective interest rate. So if I can borrow money like that, why am I ever taking my cash buying anything? Don't make sense. My cash should be making babies. Okay. Fact. There you go. A whole bunch of babies. Listen, we need to start thinking like a bank. The banks are the biggest borrowers in town. If borrowing money was bad for all you all on the internet that are talking about borrowing money is bad then there wouldn't be a bank in your town because the banks are the biggest borrowers in town. They borrow our money. They put it out to, to lend and make huge money with it. And then they pay us pennies on the dollar for the use of our money. Why can't we do the same thing? That's all I'm asking. Why can't we wow. take a page out of their book? Well, <laughs> that's powerful. And the reason why that's powerful is because at the end of the day, you know, obviously we've been talking about getting bank ready, 
Um, and so I want to know, you know, I know Los, you're big on being bank ready. Um, you know, what would you say, you know, for the people who are looking to get in this 2000, you know, kill it in 2024, what are some of the things you feel like they can do to kind of better position themselves, uh, uh, you know, with that piece? Uh, you know, take, make, make sure they take a look at their credit. You know, a lot of times people just assume they got this or that. Take a look at their credit because you, you want to be a minimum 700 um, FICO. Um, that, that's preliminarily. That's like one of the first things to do. Um, when, when we're talking, you know, bank ready from, from a personal perspective or a business perspective or both, um, that, that minimum credit score 700. That, that's no, no way around that. Now, if you do have a business and, and, and that business making money already, and I'm talking a couple hundred thousand dollars a month, um, then your credit don't even necessarily matter because now you got real income because your, your business is a business. It's not playing a couple hundred thousand dollars a month. That that's real business. And, and the bank will respect that even if your credit not good. You um, know, what, what's your thoughts on this? Cause that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the construction company to begin with was because I felt like I can, you know, generate a lot of revenue. Um, and so what's your thoughts on having a construction company generating a ton of revenue whether it's profitable or not, doesn't really, I mean, I, I do want to be profitable, but the main thing is I just want to be able to have a lot of revenue and activity coming in and out of that bank. What's your thoughts on that, on that, that thought process? Or do you think that's a, is you see some flaws in that strategy? No, in the flaws in that strategy, they, the, the bank love cash flow. So if, if you, if you get money coming in out of their bank, they, they don't want to help you keep that coming because they, they, they actually counting on you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like, you know, business when 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 we understand the flow of business and then when that flow stops you know now we looking like hey what's going on the, the bank do the same exact way the same exact thing that's why you know if if you went from having a lot of money in your account or a lot of transactions and then you kind of slow down then they start hitting you with some products you know some some advertising to kind of get you back and bring you back um so you know for for a, a business a construction business like that um, I would say for what though is, is the goal to to get more credit from the bank or what? What's Absolutely. the goal? So I would say I would say the the goal is to get more credit from the bank, obviously, um, and then also you know be vertically integrated in terms of being able to get my own bills for the low, uh, and just be able to control a lot more of that process, uh, and then you know make money as well. But I think at the end of the day, um. I think that credit piece is going to be key, right? Being able to generate a ton of revenue, the uh, being vertically integrated, right? And the fact that, you know, I will just be on the business side and the marketing side of that business. Um, and, you know, shit, that, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. You know, the, the, the credit, the revenue, the, um, and the being vertically integrated. That's, that's my primary, uh, objective hey, with that all business. the same reasons why i did it all the same reasons i did it. I, I i got construction i'm vertically integrated my construction is the one that handle my my jobs as well as my um the maintenance on, on my properties and things of that sort um go to the bank and, and get credit off of it uh no nah, you got you got the right idea bro it's a winning recipe absolutely what do y'all suggest people need to be focused on to actually hit their goals 
I'm sure actually y'all know. A lot of people are sick. Actually do hey, it. Go, actually go do, do something. Do shit. Yeah. <laughs> go, go do something instead of actually. just saying, I got goals. You know, actually go go take some steps to really knocking down and make it happen. You know, every year, January 1st, everybody got all this stuff that they swear they're going to do. And then Jan- December 31st, they ain't did none of that shit. Why? Because it just sounds good. You know what I'm saying? Do, do you really want to make a change? Do, do you re- Are you really tired of what you did last year, the year before that, and year before that? Like, it, it don't matter who you are, what, what it is. Like, you, you're not going to make a change because change is difficult. You, you're not going to make a change until you're absolutely tired of whatever you've been dealing with. And if you ain't absolutely tired of whatever you've been dealing with, then you're going to continue to deal with whatever it is you swear you want to change, but you don't. What about you, Ice? What you think? Exactly. You know, listen, I came to the game late. All right. My kids will, won't get the, the opportunities that your kids have because your kids are still in the house and you're teaching this stuff. And I didn't know it until my kids were grown and well out of the house. I'm going to be, let's see, um, in March, I'll be 69, 69 years old. Wow. I came late, okay? And uh, so, and, and I would tell anybody, it's never too late to get started, all right? Do something. Don't you? What you don't want to do is get to this age and talk about, you know, I wish I had, a, I wish I had at least tried, you know? Don't let fear keep you from trying. And so I'm with Los on that. You know, at this age, folks, you need to jump in and, and do whatever you can to make sure that you're financially set. Stop trading your time for dollars permanently. Do it for a time. Do it for a time. But you don't want to keep trading your time for dollars and end up with a gold watch after 30 years and a, and, and a kick in the behind out the door. You don't want that. Wow. Do y'all think people are, most people are not mentally ready for where they want to go? Do y'all think that might be the issue? That's a fact. A fact. Definitely. Most people don't even know what it, what, what, what it, what it looked like to, to get mentally ready. What, 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 the, what, what does that even mean for most people? What, what, would you, what would you suggest that means? I mean, when we I say know. you need to get mentally ready. That's an individual thing. They they got they got to they got to dig deep into to themselves. You know what I'm saying? Because you know everybody mind on a different plane. You know what I'm saying? So what 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 work in my mind may not work in, in O'Neill's mind. And then man, then we all know we've all had conversations with people, right? And I don't care. And I I ain't just I'm, I ain't talking men or women, just people. We say one thing, and they process that shit totally different. Like, wait, how did you get that from what I said? It's like what? So you know, hey man, that, that's on you. You gotta figure that one out. Yeah, I want to I, I want to pivot real quick, man, to the deep work uh, area. Um, you know, because a lot of times when we 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 looking at all our goals, we forget that deep work piece. Um, you know, low what you mean by deep work. What you talking about? Well, you know I, that mindset piece, right? So I know Los came in. You know, when he first started talking about some of the struggles him and his wife, you know, had to endure, right? Um, you know that that. Those are mindset things, you know. If you, the wrong mindset could have took you out the game, uh, and so I want to talk about that. Before we do that, though, we do have a break. I want to uh, highlight our sponsor real quick, and I want to talk about what does that deep work look like as we enter into 2024. 
how are we prepping ourselves for that? Um, just so we can get our mind right to be successful. But yeah, let's go ahead and run that up. Highlight our sponsor real quick. What's up, y'all? So most people struggle with sales. A lot of us in real estate, and we struggle with our sales. We struggle with follow. We struggle with leads, and we just basically missing out on deals. For me, I just got on Taskify CRM. They send messages out for you. And look, a lot of us have work. When you get off of work, you have hot leads ready for you. Make sure you check out Taskify CRM. I'm telling you, it automatically replies for you. And look, it sends you multiple messages. Like we're talking about drip, drip campaigns, so you're not missing up on the lead follow-up. So make sure you check out Taskify CRM. Use coupon code NoStingyEnergy to get 10% off. I'm about to show you all inside my CRM so I can see how it really works. Make sure you check You're on mute, man. Let me see. We talked about that deep work. And, um, you know, I used to think that that stuff was hocus pocus back in the day, Los. Uh, I, I thought it was hocus pocus. I thought, you know, look, just give me the strategy. Give me some money. Let me go run a play. And what I, you know, come to realize is that, man, it's not, it's, you know, it's not that simple. Um, you know, a lot of what blocks us from being able to reach our goals goes far beyond strategy. It goes far beyond money. It goes far beyond um, all of the things that we think, the courses that we take. It goes far beyond a lot of that stuff. And so what is that deep work like for you, Los? And then I want to get um, Isis taking and O'Neill's take on this too. Uh, have you, what, what are some of the things you've had to start doing to prepare your mind for this journey, um, since you started and what are some of the things you're doing now? Uh, you know, honestly though, my mind been prepared for this journey since I was a shorty, honestly, since, 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 since I was a child, like what, what, what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm literally living my dream, Right. When, when, I, when I was young, my teacher said, what you going to be when you grow up? I said, a businessman. You know what I'm saying? H had the term entrepreneur, entrepreneur been out. That's what I would have told her. So, you know, I, I've been literally um, training my, my, my body, my mind, my everything for this my entire life. You know, when, when I was a child, I used to sell icy cups and candy. Um, this has always been me. So, you know. When I when I really started this journey when I got 17 and and you know started that course and that that really kicked off the reading of, of me that's when I really started reading because Carlton Sheet said that if, if you want to be successful you got to read um, so you know I, I really been you know training myself my, my whole career for this you know and all those books I've read they always talked about you know when when the going gets tough and when you know the successful are the ones that continue to work when you, when even when the work you're doing, you don't see the progress and you continue to go with things of that sort. And when I, when I just think about all those books I read, all those seminars, all that stuff, all the successful people, they all said the same type of stuff. And the people that, that is, that's not successful, uh, you know, and when we talk to other people about our businesses or our journey and things of that sort, the first things or some of the things that they say is, oh, I couldn't do this. Or, you know, they always the negative type of people. And, and it's a reason for that. And it's the reason why they in the position that they in. So, you know, when, when I just think about all the training, all the experiences that I've had, it, it kind of all coincide with what I've heard from other successful people 
So because of that, you know, I, I keep my foot on the gas. You know, I, I, I don't get sidetracked by, you know, what's necessarily happening right now. I keep my eye on the prize. So, you know, for me, um, I don't really have a hard time focusing and, 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 and getting it done because I just I understand the process. And, and most people, you know, don't understand the process and or they want to speed up the results because they may feel like they need success right now and success going to come when it comes. Damn, uh, that's powerful. <laughs> what what do you what do you think about that, Ice? What's your, what's your, what's 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 some of the things you had to prepare yourself for? Listen, I I I had Ruby put a, a book in the chat. It's on. It's the it's a simple title: mindset. I just okay. bought it too, by the way. I just bought that. So it, it talks about the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. Now, when it comes to talent, you know, if I if I were to interview you, uh and Los and um, uh, and uh, O'Neal, one might one might think that you were born this way. You were born to be who you are, and those talents that you have were in you at birth. That is a fixed mindset idea. But a growth mindset idea says that you are the way you are, and then you work at developing who you need to be, all right? So if I write down, if I write down in my little, I've got in my journal here that I'm going to make $2 million, okay? Guess what? Don right now is not the person that can make $2 million. I have to become that person that makes $2 million. That's a growth mindset. What am I willing to do? What kind of work am I willing to put in to become the person that is worthy of, to, of having $2 million? And, not, and I'm not talking about a year. <laughs> I'm talking about, I wanna, be in that, I wanna be in that two comma club a month deal. You know what I'm saying? So what do I have to do? Who do I have to become to get to be uh, to make seven figures a month are, and are you willing to do it that's the thing and you have to start somewhere and listen and if you and if you're getting there and if you're at five if you have five thousand a month and ten thousand a month and a hundred thousand a month do what you need to do to get to where you want to go and my goal is not the money my goal is service how many people can I serve and how well can I serve them? The money will come, but a money is a barometer uh, and uh, will, that tells me how well I'm doing in my service. So that, that that's what I have to, that's, 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 that's my two cents, Byron. That's my two cents. Love but it. I'll say mo most people have to really realistically find a product or service that's going to warrant them a million a month. Most people are not realistic in their business, in their products, in their services, and the way that they display those. So first and foremost, you know, you got to be realistic in, in your product. And then, you know, when you figure out that product, then you got to figure out how many times you need to sell it to make that million. And a lot of times we don't even walk that thing backwards to really understand what that look like. And the first, the first and most important thing is to, do you got a product that can yield you a million a month? Do you have a service that can yield you a million a month? A hundred a month, hundred thousand a month. When I say a hundred, mm -hmm. 
Exactly. I love it. I love it. Man, this is a powerful conversation. Oh, what about for you, Bar? Oh, you coming to me? <laughs> I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. And then we got Patricia in the building. We got my guy, Coach. I definitely got to get his take oh, on this. Man. Yeah, man. Up? Yeah, man. We definitely got to get that 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 take. What up, that Coach? For me, man. Uh, I was built for this shit. I, I, shout out to my parents because they exposed me to a lot of things. The, the way they raised us is like... You can have whatever you want, but I ain't giving it to you. You got to work and go figure it out. For Christmas and shit, they wouldn't. You make a Christmas list, that's cool, but they ain't getting nothing on that motherfucker. They getting what you need. My parents tell me from early age, difference between wants and needs. You get what you need, not what you want, um, until you have the money to do that. You know, same with saving money. It's big on that. For me, I always was around money. I enjoy success. So for when I was younger, working with my grandpa. He's an entrepreneur. He was making 10000 a week in the 90s. That was a lot of money back then. So when I was 12, 13, I was working with him. In the summertime, I was making $250 a week. That's a lot of money at 12, 13. I wasn't going out there spending it trying to, trying to buy the next toy, the next PSP. I think it's PSPs at that time. I wasn't going buy the next PS2 game. I'm saving my money for future things because I knew at a young age, I knew I wanted to be a real estate investor. At that time, I, I was telling everybody I wanted to be a real estate agent. Because I grew up, I was exposed. I was exposed to a lot of things. My dad owned a building, the only African-American man ever owned a building in downtown in my area. So I grew up around big buildings. I'm talking about apartment buildings, all that. I used to ask my dad at a young age, how many people you think live in that building? How much you think rent is? I was at 13, doing the math. I was like, man, that's what I want to do. Why, why it, don't, it makes sense. We used to drive around. I said, man, I think we need to buy that. We need to buy that. And all that time, they thought I was bullshit. I was dead serious. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about the the surroundings you in, the people you with. I was always around older people. I was, like Los was saying, I, in the middle school, I was selling candy. I was stealing people's phones and I was selling them again. I was stealing from the store, selling clothes. I was doing all kinds of shit. I was trying to figure it out because my parents wouldn't give me nothing that I wanted. I had to go do it myself. And that built me up because a lot of people now, they get their kids everything. They get their kids everything. What, what you want on the Christmas list? I'm giving everything to you. And it never built their kids up to actually go work hard for something on their own. They spoiling their kids. So for me, I was built for it at a young age. And and you you second generation millionaire, right? Because your dad was a millionaire, yep. right? Yep. And so, so he didn't give me shit. You, I <laughs> never know. <laughs> he ain't giving a damn thing. No, nah, he no, nah, that no, nah, he gave you a lot, bro. That's that's why you got it. No, I'm <laughs> talking about as in as in physical here. Look, I bought you a PS5, man. You doing good. Any it wouldn't know that I'm nigga still he, he instilled the sauce in you. He, yeah, he, he, yeah. he put it there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you wasn't wearing it, nigga. It's in you. Yeah. So it's the same. Like, that's why I know so much when it comes to credit, life insurance. I've been having life insurance since I was 18. My own life insurance, multiple policies. I got, I ain't gonna lie. I think I got like 15, 16 policies. All my kids got life insurance, multiple policies. That's how I knew about CDs. I had my first CD. That's what he gave me for my, my 18th birthday. Go make you a CD, certificate of deposit for my credit. All that shit. Credit, he, he used to be like, you know, of course, black people stay away from credit cards, et cetera. Whatever. I started getting in credit at a young age because I knew what I can do. I started reading books. I was never a reader until I read stuff that made me more money. 2023, I mean, 22, I read my first book. A lot of people don't want to educate themselves on when they want to be. They think it's just going to fall out the sky that you're going you're gonna to be successful. But you got to do the work, man. But that, that's how it was for me, though. I love it. I love it. 
Man, we got Patricia in the building. We got Coach in the building. I definitely want to get their takes. Uh, I guess we'll just kick it off with the ladies first. Patricia, what's going on? How you doing? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How you feeling? I'm amazing. I'm feeling really good. I'm excited about this last quarter, and we're going to go into the next quarter killing the game. So I love it. Just to um, comment to what Brittany is experiencing with the growth of her brand, I'd like to tell her to collaborate with other junk removal companies um, as well, because what I found in my industry, I'm in the estate sale industry, by me collaborating with other estate sale proprietors, they have passed me business that they can't handle. And that has also increased, you know, my revenue. So... You know, don't be afraid to reach out to other companies that do what you do and and uh, see how you guys can work together. Love it. I love it. So, Miss Patricia, you are in the estate planning uh, business, right? No, estate sales. Basically, estate sales pass away. Okay. I'm in charge of selling all the contents of their property, including vehicles, uh, RVs. And then a lot of times I also sell the home as well. Oh, nice. yeah. I wholesale the properties, too. So. Let's, let's let's go to 2023. What are some of the major, uh, some of the mistakes you feel you made in 2023 that you're not going to take in 2024? So uh, one of my biggest things is I felt like I was somewhat inadequate in the wholesale space. And once I started promoting that, oh, not only can I sell the contents of your property, I can sell the house as well. I just seen my revenue just increase and people, everybody was, you know, really excited about, wow, this is one stop shopping. So I'm going to continue to kick up that part of my business. Um, also, I'm in the teaching space as well. Um, and the, the reason why I'm doing that, because I also get a lot of sales that I can't handle and I want to be able to teach other people to do what I do so that they can take on the clients that I can't handle, but they need to do it in the way that I do it. So I'm teaching as well. So I want to make sure that I, you know, continue to be consistent with that part of our process as well. I love it. I love it. And so for 2024, what are some of the things you're excited about in terms of growth in your business? Well, I mean, by building a community, which, you know, is very important to me in this niche market, I think uh, continuing to build a community, building people that work together in the industry, uh, that's going to help me increase my profit sharing. Um, I'm also throwing a conference for my particular niche market so that we can all be in the same room and have conversations and, you know, plan to work together in the future, which is something that's never been done in this particular industry that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. Cause I don't know about it. So, so what actually do you do? Like what, what do you specifically do? So um, basically there, it, I created an acronym or a little, um, photo situation about the five D's of estate sales. And number one is death. When people pass away, we clean out the contents of the property and sell it. Um, and the next one is downsizing. We have a extremely large baby boomer, uh, you know, influx where people they're passing away and leaving behind things. Um, that's one of our clientele. Divorce, when people are getting divorced and they need to split, instead of trying to cut the couch in half, let's get the cash and split the cash. 
Um, and we also deal with people who have been displaced, whether it be to natural disasters, you know, uh, stuff like that. And then um, debt. So if you're trying to consolidate debt or you're trying to liquidate some of your assets, we also do that so that you can pay off some of your old bills. So uh, those are the five D's of estate sales. Uh, we are really inundated right now with a lot of people who are trying to get money for their depreciating assets. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. We got my guy coach in the building, man. What's going on coach? Listen, uh, how you liking the YouTube vibe? Man, I love the YouTube vibe. Can you hear me all right? I hear you clearly. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. No, I like YouTube, and it's funny because um, we're about to launch our YouTube top of the year, so I've been kind of off the app doing a few things, getting the thumbnail together, you know, the research we got to do for that. And yeah, so I, I got an advisor helping me with that. Still got to come drop by y'all, but I love the YouTube is a much more interactive feel for what's happening, you know? I like it. Love it. Yeah, so, so what's your thoughts about this conversation, Coach? I had to hop in and out. I've actually been liking the conversation a lot. I'm actually going to pull over because I'm headed downtown. So I said, let me hop in this conversation, man, just kind of see what's going on with it. I really like it. I think it's pertinent. I think a lot of people don't plan properly and even have a strategy for 2024, you know what I'm saying, for, for every year. Sometimes I think we start too late, honestly, um, or we start with the wrong pretenses or we get into it. We got to hurry up and we make miss. We we misstep, I feel, because we don't have a plan or strategy. So I'm, I'm glad you all got that thought process going so people's mindsets can be in the right place. What do you think is the best strategy for somebody to have? If they're looking to get started in buying businesses in 2024 like they want to purchase their first business in the first quarter. So what type of things do you think they should be preparing themselves for right now today to be able to purchase a business that first quarter? Uh, I would say definitely have really, and it's funny that she was just on, I can't remember the, the young lady's name, but uh, the uh, those estate sales are one of our best clients or colleagues. Uh, Cause I got a couple of them uh, in, in my phone, in my Rolodex. And it's one thing, I, I guess you'll see more of them in the suburbs or in the, in these more, I guess, upper echelon areas where people do have estates and they have a whole thing where they sell off a bunch. So if you're going to buy a business, I would say look at where the market is going in the next 10 years. And you can do that whitehouse.gov. You can look at the capital improvement projects in the city. Where's the money being spent and where's the growth going in your area, meaning in your city? And what businesses are going to be needed in that space? Um, we're in a baby booming area, just like she said. So they're retiring. The, the the industry is retiring where that person is. So if I can buy a business that's already got staff, you know, cash flowing, uh, been around for the last 10, 15 years, I can sit down and look at those tax returns and cash flow statements. And if it's an ownership sh uh, shift, new CEO, you want to keep the culture, that would be my best thing. To sit down with somebody who can show me where that's at and I can just hop in as a, as a passive CEO and just help that that business go into the next 10 or 15 years so the current staff doesn't have to lose their jobs. I like it. One more question, man. What, what do you think is businesses people should stay and where we're going in this current recession that we're in? What do you think they should not be buying at all? This is going to step on some toes, but you did ask. We like to step on toes, man. We like to step on toes. Uh, be careful. 
be careful with your Amazon drop shipping type businesses. Be careful with e-commerces that are just confined to a certain source. Amazon is 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 the juggernaut of the world globally. Uh, they are in everything from medicine, pharmaceuticals, real estate, uh, not just transportation and logistics. They touch a lot and they're protecting their brand at all costs. Uh, make sure that you've got some good data behind you, but stay away from what was trendy in COVID. If it was a COVID trend and you see and it's kind of getting watered down, stay away from that. Uh, gambling businesses, be careful with stuff online if you don't have a good data data uh, cycle. God, that's a good question. Um, um, That's a good question, man. I just noticed that, that, oh, be careful with this trucking business as well. A lot of folks want to get into trucking, uh, they even want to get into landscape and all that, and you're doing a lot of low-hanging fruit. Go after the actual agency itself that's hiring the landscaping companies instead of trying to bring in landscaping. Uh, be be careful kind of coming in low-hanging fruit because you can get cut off. A lot of people feel they can get business that way. Not not really the best way to go. That would be two I, I would I would how to stay away from. But be careful that drop shipping and that logistics. It's getting watered down. Hey, Coach, I got a question for you. This is Patricia. Hey. So in terms of like my company, you know, 85% of my business is based off of death. And I feel like if you kind of focus on a business that basically never dies, <laughs> then you will be okay. What What are your thoughts about that? I mean, with the state planning, I mean, it was the state, not state planning. So with the um, estate sales, you want to find a younger generation that's that's looking for what you have. I mean, everybody's looking for a sale. Um, I mean, I would be hooking up with as many real estate folks as possible because you have access to assets that who's purchasing them, right? Who's looking for what you don't know? I would be on social media like you might believe. I'd have a YouTube channel. I'd be, I'd be collaborating with a lot of influencers. Because a lot of folks, if you don't live in the areas where estate sales happen, people don't even know the stuff exists. And you can come up on a lot early. Um, I mean, I hate to say, but sometimes I have staff that even frequent hospices when people are about to pass away. Who's handling that estate sale? What's What assets are going to be hit the street and how can we help take care of that? So you can go for medical transportation, not in medical transportation. You can go into that, into hospice, into, you know, driving back and forth with these dialysis centers. You are involved with all of that. So I would expand my reach, honestly. Because it's, it's a business that will never go away, especially with baby boomers. You can probably almost 10x your net worth in the next five years, to be honest. Right, because we did six figures this year. So we're looking to get plus that. easily in the next couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah, six figures is, is, is soft for you. That's, that's, a, that's a good foundation, and you can definitely grow off of that. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. One one last piece if I can, Brian, where I can give y'all something real fast before y'all go. Let's hear it, man. Let's hear it. So people are planning. I heard a lot earlier, like a brother was looking at a landscaping business, I think, and somebody else was doing something, and they were trying to increase their clients, right? I think we have the wrong approach and mindset to business. This morning, I'm headed downtown Houston to the George O'Brien Convention Center, and it's like a, a, a day I look forward to every year, and it's called Meet the Buyer, and you've got every major business minor business small mom and pop business they're going to be in one spot and georgia brown's a big convention center you've got all the government you've got all private companies from your amazons to whomever uh city houston to the port 
everybody's there. But at the end of the day, it's business. So for that brother that was trying to find a landscaping business, he can go buy him a landscaping business and go see which landscaping project is a city project, is a county, is it a parish, is it a federal project? And instead of, again, going from the low-hanging fruit, you can go see where the money's being spent and where are the project's going. Who's your buyer? That's why they say meet the buyer. So instead of trying to go find clients, you need to go find the industry or the, or the companies that are your client or who can put you in direction for where your clients are going to go. It, so we need to really rethink not just government contracting. That's a word. But this is where most of the business for the rest of the year, I got my, my few people that I'm going to uh, laser focus in on about five or six people I want to talk to today. And then there's a governor's event for small business right after that. So it's one full day of networking so I can kind of solidify most of 2024 in one day. And most people wow. can do that, but you never see them in the room. And this is real estate too. I mean, HUD's dropping billions of dollars for development. I see y'all out there doing your thing. And this happens in pretty much every state and every city has a procurement buyer day where you go out and really do that kind of networking. And really, again, it's about getting to the bag and, and to the clients and to the money because everybody's looking to do business with whomever is their client base. So I would highly nice in the chat. What's the name of this event? So it is the uh, Meet the Buyer City of Houston. And if you go to their City of Houston well, um, Instagram, it's the City of Houston Office of Business Opportunity, OBO. OBO. And it's actually, if y'all go to my Instagram stories, I just posted it earlier today. Uh, it's in my stories too. <clears throat> but it's Meet the Buyer. You can almost Google Meet the Buyer in any city and something's going to pop up. Something's going to pop up. And it's a half a day event, man. I, I would advise any and everybody, unless you just got it like that, to at least be in a space where you can see where business is going. And I think I made a comment yesterday about, you know, small mom and pops and this or that. You'd be surprised how many businesses on average make about a, you know, a good meal and a half, $800,000 of revenue just on average. I mean, you saw that, Brian, a little bit with that last situation. Absolutely. You money, you just was kind of pissing it off, but you can make really decent money. And those are people that, hey, are going to be right there in my face today. So I love it. I love it. Man, we got my guy Gregory that just joined, man. Appreciate that, coach. Um, Gregory just joined. He was dropping some gems in the chat. I would love to hear, you know, you were saying that, you know, from from the construction side of things, what were some other benefits that you were mentioning? Uh, you mind kind of sharing that? And also, uh, what's your thoughts on the conversation? I know for sure. So I was in and out of the conversation. I can't really speak to that. I got to gotta hang in here a little longer. Um, but as far as, you know, inquiring a business, what I was saying to you is that um, by inquiring in a, a construction company, not only will you be vertically integrating, but that's an opportunity to uh, increase your net worth as well, because as we know, um, commercial entities such as businesses or commercial real estate um, are, are valued at a multiple of its cash flow. So, for example, um, let's say if you, you bought a construction company and you're making about, let's say, 200000 a year, um, it's EBITDA, that's earnings before um, interest, taxes, depreciation or amortization. You're making two hundred thousand a year. Your your construction company will be valued potentially at about a three to four multiple, potentially even more, depending on how long the business has been established. So if you're at a four multiple, then automatically you 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 just acquire a company that's worth eight hundred thousand dollars, right? And that that like I said, that goes towards um, increasing um, your net worth in addition to 
being um, vertically integrated. So I just wanted to drop that. Um, and also, Coach, I've been trying to get in contact with you because um, my strategy, I'm pivoting into, of course, um, I've been doing wholesale for the last five years, and that's essentially the art of deal making. Um, and so I'm focusing my efforts now on actually acquiring acquiring businesses, right? Um, if you start a small business now, 95% uh, of small businesses fail within the first 10 years. Um, we're able to get ahead of that curve by essentially purchasing or acquiring businesses that have already been established for 10 plus years. So we're already past that 95% uh, um, you know, fail rate. And these businesses that are already, you know, profitable and that are already cash flowing. So it's just a, a just a different mindset towards business, right? Because anytime anybody think about going into business, generally we're thinking about starting a business from from scratch. And the reality of it is, is that there are, you know, hundreds of thousands, rather, and, and even millions of baby boomers who are retiring from business ownership all around our country, almost on a daily basis. And so if we can position ourselves to be able to, to basically acquire those businesses, we're instantly buying that cash flow. What type of businesses are you looking for specifically? Uh, specifically, so for me, um, I have, uh, I want to start with, uh, with a laundromat or a landscaping company or potentially an HVAC company. Um, as of right now, I'm right now I'm currently evaluating an HVAC company and on a side note, aside from what I actually want to do, um, I'm also actively negotiating buying uh, two barber colleges here in North, in North Texas, simply because it's like an underserved market here. There's only two or well, two accredited barber colleges here in um, you know, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And the one that I'm currently negotiating to, to acquire is, uh, is one of those two accredited schools. And with with the accreditation, the government will pay up to twenty twenty thousand dollars for for tuition um, per student. You know, if they can qualify for a FAFSA. So my strategy will be to kind of target people who are you know who do qualify for um, for FAFSA. And if you look at that with a tuition of seventeen thousand to five hundred, if I have thirty five students. Or actually, the word now is the school has thirty five students, um, and it just has a day program. I'm looking to add a night program as well and increase that to 70 students. And we're looking at with that, you're looking at a um, that and revenue just off of 70 students um, at about $1.2 million um, in revenue in seven months. Um, but of course, there are there are operating expenses and everything like that. So with that being said, minus all the operating expenses, that's uh, EBITDA, uh, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization about $885,000 um, per year and um, times two schools, that's 1.7 every seven months. Um, and again, that, that business will then be valued because it's been established for well over 10 years. It's going to be valued at, a, at a least a four multiple, um, in which case that's about $7 million. Um, that's a $7 million evaluation. Now, that's just throwing out numbers. Clearly, there's a lot of groundwork and things that have to, you know, infrastructure and things that has to go in place in order to accomplish that. But I look at two things. You got possibility and then you have probability. Probability is a number between zero and one. And I see the probability of this happening. So I'm going after it really hard right now. Mm -hmm. Last question for you. What, what makes you choose those businesses specifically? Is it a certain thing you're looking for? Is it the cash flow? Is it, what is it? Because the reason why you're choosing laundry mats, uh, barber colleges, et cetera. So, 
so again, a barber college is just a side note. I just recognize an opportunity and, you know, with the, having a business mind, you got to take advantage of opportunity. Right. Um, but as far as, you know, what my actual life work is a laundromat, um, plumbing company, an electric company, a supply company, as well as an HVAC company, a digital marketing firm, construction company, roofing company, landscaping company, and then eventually a real estate brokerage. If you look at, if you think about the business that I just listed, all those things go well into um, real estate development. Um, and so over time, and again, this, is, this won't be overnight, even though I can potentially acquire at least two businesses per year. And again, as we know, to be successful in entrepreneurship or successful in business, you've got to have a team. So I'm also looking at businesses that already has management and employees already in place um, and someone who's already kind of running the day to day. And my strategy, or at least my plan strategy, and that is to essentially give that person who's already running the day to day successfully, give them a bit of an ownership stake to then make the business their baby as well. So that they will be incentivized to continue to run the day to day for me. Um, and, and again, main reason is um, it's definitely cash flow is at the heart of everything that I'm looking to do. And as well as, you know, it, it's vertically integrated. A laundromat may very well need plumbing. It's going to need electric work. It's going to need HVAC work. And so what happens is that when anything goes down with any of my companies um, from a business standpoint, you know, I'm essentially paying myself and my money is steady flowing back to me and as well as serving the community and as well as offering jobs and opportunities. So that's, that's where I'm at with it. Uh, Greg, thanks for sharing, man. Sound like a hell of a play, man. Congrats to you, because I already know you're going to make it happen, man. Nah, I appreciate that, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who else we got, man? Who else we got? Everybody spoke, man. We appreciate y'all, man. I think it was a hell of a conversation. Yeah. I think it was a great conversation, man. It was a lot of different angles. Uh, there was a lot of successes, a lot of losses in 2023. And now we're heading, heading in a new year. You know, we all trying to start off on the right foot. So we got to analyze what went wrong in 2023 and what can we do right in 2024. We got to set realistic goals for ourselves and make sure we hit them. You know, I'm sure you know a lot of people. I know a lot of people myself. Set goals for themselves, for them and close to touch them damn goals. <laughs> they forget about them or they distracted, life getting away, et cetera. People make a lot of excuses why they can't get it done instead of holding themselves accountable, accountable, making it happen. You know, get rid of the distractions. Get serious about your business. Get serious about yourself. Get serious about your family. The only way you're going to make it. You're not going to make it doing bullshit and trying to, trying to win in business. You got you to gotta pick one side of the fence you're going to be on. Most people that you see that are successful 100% or 90% focus on their business family not distracted by other people they don't care about what other people think about them they do what they got to do for themselves and their family to make it happen that's why you see a big difference between people that are successful and people that's not people that are successful tend to not really care about what other people got to say about them they don't really care about the excuses that other people or the the, the, the things that other people try to put on them they 100 percent focus on their business that's why a lot of people grow and some people don't grow that's what it be. Man, I love that accountability piece, man. Um, I think that accountability is going to be key as we transition into 
2024, we got to take accountability for the mistakes that we made in 2023. If you blaming somebody, you probably on the wrong foot. If you if you leave in 2023 with uh, pointing the finger at somebody else, you're probably missing the point. Losing uh, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're losing already. You gotta blame that. You gotta blame yourself for that. Um, you know, it's your fault, and uh, you gotta do better and figure it out. That's it. You know, so. We got to talk about these memberships one more time because some people don't know how to join. They don't know where it's at. So if y'all look at the subscribe button, right next to the right, the subscribe button, you see the join button. And you could join memberships. And with the memberships, you get a, a bunch of different benefits with every different tier. So make sure you read about it. Make sure you join the No Stingy Energy family. But man, we can, we can, we can uh, capitalize on, on the memberships, man. There's a lot of value. At the end of the day, we're trying to uh, build a, a, a winning community, um, a community with accountability, a community that's ready to go to the next level, a community that's, that, that takes action. And the only way to do that, you got to join the family. Look, they got three different uh, tiers. They got legacy, visionary, trailblazer, wherever you fit, pick one, join the family. And look, if y'all enjoy today's content, make sure y'all put some flame in the chat. Hit the subscribe button. Man, we growing. I see every week we growing, man. So we love it, man. Make sure y'all click the link. Hit the like button, man. If we can't get it to 100 likes, we only have 53. That would be beneficial for everybody. We're going to push our content. We're going to jump on that algorithm and go grow as a family. But I enjoyed today's video. I hope y'all got a, I mean, content. I hope y'all got a lot of valuable lessons or valuable tips y'all can use to go forward in 2024. And uh, make sure y'all join us, man. We'll be back here Tuesday morning at 6.30 a.m. We're going to be back here Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Make sure y'all mess with us, man. We bring a lot of valuable content, uh, but make sure you tune in and actually take action, right? You never grow, you never be successful, you never take action. We don't want you here just listening to all this information, never use it. Make sure you take something here. It may not be the whole video, but take maybe five, ten minutes, go back, look at it, and implement it. Take action. you can be successful. That being said, got any final words, Byron? Man, that's it, man. I just want to listen, man. Let's be a, have a productive day. That's about it, man. Get ready to roll. Got it here, man. It's our weekend, man. We see y'all on that's Tuesday. It. What's see? up, y'all? So most people struggle with sales. A lot of us in real estate, and we struggle with our sales. We struggle with follow-up. We struggle with leads. And we're just basically missing out on deals. For me, I just got on Taskify CRM. They send messages out for you. And look, a lot of us have work. When you get off of work, you have hot leads ready for you. Make sure you check out Taskify CRM. I'm telling you, it automatically replies for you. And look, it sends you multiple messages. Like we're talking about drip, drip campaigns, so you're not missing up on the lead follow-up. So make sure you check out Taskify CRM. Use coupon code NoStingyEnergy to get 10% off. I'm about to show you all inside my CRM so I can see how it really works. Make sure you check it out. Peace.